Hello everyone and welcome to the Lightbringers of Guild Wars 2 podcast brought to you by myself. But I also have two more awesome guests joining me today. This is the first Lightbringers podcast of 2021. Disclaimer, Jebra is not sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Don't, don't give me lip, everyone. It's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> I hope you're well. I know we're still going through all this stuff in the world and, and fun things, but we're getting through it and we're getting there. Um, wherever you are in the world listening to this, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, Guild Wars 2 podcast today with Bird of Chess, Rook, Many Words, and Hemimoings. <laughs> the Many Words bit is not like a new name that, that Bird of Chess has. <laughs> Rook of the Many Words. I mean, it would not be inaccurate is the thing, though. <laughs> well, this is the thing. There we go. The music can go away now. Just violently just disappeared. <laughs> Everything is on one channel, and I don't know why. I had some sound issues. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, it's been a while <laughs> since I've done a podcast, so I don't know what's happened with the controls. And, and I've got the random commentating thing on Saturday, so I had to mess with it. Okay, but it is nice to see both. Bird of Chess, Inks. First of all, we're going to do a little intro. Then we're going to talk about some Guild Wars 2, because why not? Bird of Chess. Yes. How are you doing today? Tell us about I'm yourself. Good, what do you do? I'm, I'm okay. But talk, talk about yourself. This is time for you to talk about yourself for a sec. What do you do? Oh, geez. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. No. Hi, everybody. My name is Rook, aka Bird of Chess, the one of many words. That is I. Uh, I stream Hello. over at Twitch.tv, Bird of Chess. I'm also on YouTube now, Bird of Chess, and you can find me pretty much all over the internet by that name. But I am a an ArenaNet partner, a Guild Wars 2 player. I also love me some Final Fantasy XIV and do a lot of variety MMOs. Uh, but I grew up playing RPGs, JRPGs, CRPGs, TTRPGs. Anything that has RPG following it, I've probably done. And we foster a community that's all about sort of coming together, lifting each other up. And I'm also really, really happy to be a part of the LGBTQIA plus room team Rainbow Arcade and a co-host on Aetherite Radio, which is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast to do with Gamerscape. So do a little bit of a lot of different things and bring people together through all of it. I was going to say, like... Doesn't do much, you know. I mean, there's, a, there's a few things that, that might occur. With, like I have done, like I do, like one, one or two things a little, uh, you know, just a little few, just a yeah. couple. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, okay, great to have you as well again. First time in 2021. I've missed you missed having you on the show. I've missed doing this. Um, I love hanging. I love doing it. Thank you so much for having me back. It's awesome. Inks, how you doing, my friend? Tell us about yourself. What do you do? What are you um, up to? I, I do nothing. I, 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 I don't know how I follow that. No, really. no, no. Thanks. <laughs> there's opposite. a lot of letters in there. Um, TTRPG and all kinds of stuff. I have a Twitter. And uh, yeah, MO underscore inks. And I'm here. I'm on this podcast. That's that's what I do. Screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for you. Because you're rubbish. Do it, uh, <laughs> yes. Jeffrey, take away, <laughs> you're not rubbish. Um, M.O. Inks is an awesome man for a start. I've met him in person many, many times. Fantastic person to know. He also does a lot of talking on podcasts in the past on different shows, like um, T 
Tea Time and other bits and pieces. He's been on the show very recently, as now as well. I think when you with Age and some other fellas. I'm not sure if that was recently or if that was late last year. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But he's very knowledgeable about the things, and he knows a lot of stuff. And I like talking to him. He's a good man. On Can my face. Confirm. Yeah. All exactly. accurate. A good dude as well, and I would have him on this podcast any day of the week. Um, but yes, same with Bird and Chest. Bird, Bird and Chest. Bird and Chest now. Wow. Oh, where's my coffee? <laughs> Quick, get it. Dear. <laughs> okay, so um, welcome both of you. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Everyone in chat as well, I hope you're good. There's a little way for you. Um, if you're listening to this, you're going to have to go watch the VOD for the wave because it was really good. Is a top quality wave. Um, <laughs> I hope you're all well. It's nice to see some faces from the uh, Bird of Chess community as well. The um, what do you call your community, peeps? Bert, birds. They're just yeah, birds. They're not just birds. Bird, bird. <laughs> yeah, not like rocket launcher robots, avians, or anything. Yeah, just birds. <laughs> wow, straight off the top of your head there with that <laughs> robot av av what avians? Avians, avians. Oh. Yeah. Use fancy words for things that you could just call another word, basically, you know? Basically the entire fantasy genre in general. I will try to do that in future. I will. I'm sorry I'm sorry to my community, who our community, who are here, where I've just clearly not said enough words in my life. Anyway, Guild Wars 2, let's talk about it. Why not? I thought 2021 would be a good start to the podcast kind of series as well. If you're listening to this for the first time, this is like the ninth episode. Um, and almost in all honesty, I think it's been going for almost a year. It's not been many episodes in all honesty. Uh, school is taking a lot of my time and needs to take a little bit of getting used to well just getting people on doing all the things it takes a lot of extra time to kind of sort out so uh, i apologize for that but expansion year these are going to be there's going to be more every two weeks i'm hoping to get these uh, up and going and we're going to talk in more i get i guess more finite kind of topics uh within the game but today is just going to be a really really broad topic um which is what do you like about Guild Wars 2? It's pretty broad. <laughs> it's pretty broad. I'm not going to lie. Um, mm. And uh, I, I have recently, funnily enough, personally, started to really enjoy the game again. Um, and because I was in a place with it where... And that might have been a little bit of why the podcast was so sparse. Was because, you know, I, I wasn't playing it as much. Um, but I've just just made like the medium, uh, sorry, the light and heavy legendary armor sets. I made just made those. I've got all of the legendary armor I ever need, um, and I have the medium already, which is cool. Um, and looking at doing like the PvP trinket, and I was just like, oh, getting into crafting. Oh, I don't have five hundred in that. Cool, I might I might do that. Um, but I wanted to, I know, and I might do this in the background while we're going. I, I just wanted to kind of show some really early. Like, I guess this was like the teaser trailer for um, Guild Wars 2, which was 11 years ago. Um, and you won't be able to watch this again on Spotify, but I'm just going to have it kind of in the background. The art and everything else. This is this is something I love a bit, and this is why I wanted to start with it. It might be a bit corny, um, <laughs> but... The reason is, is the, the one of the main things I love about Guild Wars 2 is the art and, and also just the video and everything else that's kind of 
was a the original kind of Guild Wars 2 back in the day because this was a lot of the um, kind of story that was originally portrayed in the game. This is how they did it, didn't they? It was a lot of still images, you know, very little animation. That, like, that eye was probably, like, the most animated thing that you had, like, all of this stuff. Um, and it's very different now. The trailers are quite different. Uh, but this Gosh, is something still, I love. They still do have that art style, though. They do. I mean, that, they like... Do painterly look it's so gorgeous it's so distinctive to guild wars 2 i'm really glad that they kept that this is actually the first time i think i've seen this original trailer too which is pretty exciting it's it's old i mean this is before the game came out this is two or three years before it's i mean i'm, I'm actually kind of tempted to just watch it but just, <laughs> <laughs> we all just get distracted <laughs> it, this is centralized a lot around ore obviously and unlike the main story quests um so it's all Get out here, Logan. No one wants to see your face. Get out here, Logan. <laughs> you handsome man. Handsome, boring man. <laughs> You're angry at how handsome he is. Um, <laughs> but at this point, I guess I don't. I don't know if uh, Inks. I'm not sure if this is on your radar. Um, but of chess, like Inks might have been on yours. I'm pretty sure it probably was because I think you were since beta. Have I seen this trailer? Yeah, like how, how, were you at uh, yeah, the Yeah, I was right, playing. Right, right. When this came out, I think I was playing Sotor. Yeah. Ooh. At the time. And, um, it is time for uh, well, this trailer, you know, it's, it's funny. My, my Guild Wars 2 story, um, it wasn't the trailer or I wasn't really involved in the game pre-launch. I got in in a very early beta uh -huh. um, for testing and stuff. It was the weekend... Uh, it was a weekend right after press got their hands on it mm. for the first time. And of course, back then I, I didn't have a channel or I wasn't involved in anything like that. Um, I did really horrible dubstep infused rift PVP. Yeah. Twitch streams. What? Just the TV back then. Oh, oh you were doing street. You were doing just a while. We're going to some yeah. history here. I That's not amazing. That. Um, and then, Drift. Drift and I think amazing. a lot of people probably don't know this about me, but then I went into, I got into Swotour, and again, I was a PvP person. I wasn't a. What? I wasn't PvE focused at all. I was PvP focused. Um, it wasn't until Guild Wars 2 that I went PvE-focused. I don't know why I didn't care about the PvP in Guild Wars 2. Right. Um, I mean, I followed it, and I played some of it, but um, the world and the level, the leveling up experience, I played a necromancer in all of the betas, human necromancer in all the betas the, that I got to test in, and they had some really fun events in those betas that have never really been replicated. No. Like I think at this I think the second beta weekend event, which there was a lot more people in, um they flew Jormag. Was it Jormag? No, Krakatoric. They flew Krakatoric through the sky and infected Queen's the Queen's area. Was it yeah. Queen's It was It was just, it wasn't uh, it wasn't in Kessex Hills. Wasn't it a few areas? It was a, it was a few areas. Yeah. But they the did last... like a branded, a branded yes. sort of yeah. thing in that area. Oh my gosh! So for like the last half hour or hour of the beta test for the weekend, they infected one person, mm -hmm. and when that person killed another person or you died from like a monster, you turned branded as well. 
And so all the other players were turning everybody else branded as you went along. That's amazing. I wish we yeah. almost had a world versus world map or something where it wasn't necessarily that you had to hold down forts and things, but instead somebody that like nobody knew who else that person was got infected. And then their whole goal kind of mafia style or things like that was to go around and try to <laughs> infect everybody else on the map. And like if they could do that or if people could figure it out and turn it against them, that would be the sort of winning factor. That would be so fun. It was it That's was really very good. fun. They they tried to replicate in a way through the um is that Salsung Cove or whatever it's called if the it was like um what's that flipping movie book? You know, where you kill people and there's Hunger the battle games. Ro- Yeah, Hunger Games and oh Battle Royale and stuff. Did you get that from what Jeff said? Yeah, because <laughs> we're, that's what I'm talking about. Me. That's what I'm talking about. That's why Eggs is fucking here. So I already swore. I already swore I suck. I can't I can't put it as clean now. It's explicit. It's explicit. It's explicit on Anchor. They're gonna be sad. No sponsorship. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that as well. Yeah. It was well all that's the thing, like they had these really epic events and I think um and and maybe I'm gonna not I'm not gonna talk for a minute because I want you you both to talk. Um, but like Inks, you you were there really really early. What was it? What was it in the early Guild Wars two when you started playing it on release? We'll say that really kind of captivated you in the game. Like, what did you love doing? Um, kind of really early in your experience. Uh, exploration. Oh yeah. The you know it's 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 sort of funny because uh, for years I played World of Warcraft probably seven years, eight years. Guild Wars 2 now is the longest MMO I've ever played. Um, But in World of Warcraft, the transition from zone to zone is seamless, Mm -hmm. which feels really nice. In Guild Wars 2, obviously, it's not that way, which you would think is a detriment, but it's not always a detriment because the first time that you play the game, you wonder what is beyond the portal. You see the portal to the next zone, you know, as a new player, you don't really know what the next zone is going to look like. And so I think that was really exciting that added to the exploration factor. And in a lot of those earlier maps, they had those hidden things like the hidden strawberry garden. Uh, There's a jumping puzzle in one of the char lands that you sort of fall down a hole and then you do the jumping puzzle and it spits you out somewhere else. So, the, the exploration and the jumping puzzles, those side things, were really what excited me uh, when I first started playing Guild Wars 2. And so, Like exploration, um, you're talking about like just discovering the kind of world, Just discovering right? the map and discovering... Uh, it, what was really fun was, um, because it was brand new, mm-hmm. besides the cities, the maps were not oversaturated. You would think... Launch day, the maps are oversaturated. But outside the cities, the maps weren't that saturated. You would see players here and there. But when you ran in, when you discovered a new area or a new camp or something, and some and an event was happening at that area, mm-hmm. all the players would sort of flock to it. And then suddenly you get this open world MMO experience and feeling like um, the Fire Shaman, who was later nerfed because he was yeah. just one-shotting all the players. <laughs> Uh, which is a shame. I, I kind of wish they would have left him like that because that was a, a great experience. Um, obviously, now he was overpowered, overtuned, and, and that wasn't meant to happen. But it was still a great experience because you can't replicate those things 
later on. If you're not there at the moment, and this is sort of sad for players who come afterwards, but if you're not there at the moment when it happens on launch day, on release day, whatever, uh, or within the week, within the month, let's say, you miss that initial experience of discovering it for the first time, yeah. saying what is happening with this event, and then experiencing that event. And the other thing that I think really gets lost on a lot of people, a lot of players, um, is that you can follow those events to the next event. Yeah. Um, if you stick around. Now, a lot of people mm-hmm. will do the event and they run off. Yeah. But I always sat there and waited and, okay, well, what, you know, where does this lead me next? And I sort of did the exploration in some part via that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, the, I think the shaman camp might be the end of that trail or whatever. But if you're doing an event, the guy will say thank you. And then he runs off to do something else. And if you follow him, you're going to find another event, another way to gain experience, to level up, and, and so on and so forth. And that was really catching for me. That was something that really caught me off guard about Guild Wars 2 as well. Now, like, I came in way later than you. You know, I came in after Path of Fire had been released. I've been playing now for, oh, I want to say my third year. We just had third year birthday. I think we're Mm -hmm. going on year four. People in chat might know. Um, But it was so fun to me because so many other MMOs had conditioned me that, like, stuff that happens, you know, you just run there, you do the thing, you leave, and that's it. Or, like, the story of the map, it's like, oh, well, maybe there's one thing that's important, or the main story quest is important, so I need to go yeah. do that. But then everything else is just going to kind of be throwaway content that maybe I farm for something or, you know, whatever, but it's not really going to do that much. And being a Final Fantasy fourteen player before I got into Guild Wars 2, that was one element in Final Fantasy XIV that I always really wished was more dynamic, like the maps and what you could discover and the events and the different ways that you could do things on those maps that wouldn't just be, you know, oh yeah, like I'm going to go do this one thing and get five rocks and turn that in. Um, So it was really a change of mindset for me coming into Guild Wars 2, and it took a while for me to really, I think, start to realize just the scope of storytelling and the event chains and that first time I got swept up in a meta, I was like, what is this? And it was just so exciting, you know? Or like the world boss. Somebody was like, go stand in this swamp. And I was like, why am I in this nasty bog? What's ha-? And then all these portals opened, this huge thing. And I was like, what? You know? It's so fun because the world is so dynamic. And I think that just giving yourself time to get immersed in that as a new player is something that is a really big draw to Guild Wars 2. And that I still feel like I learn things about even now. I'll, I'll stumble across something and I'm like, what do you mean if I give this guy a honeycomb, he's going to write me messages from the bottom of his hole that he lives in? <laughs> like, I love that. I love that. It was, it was definitely, um, they, still do, they still do the kind of like event chain experience now at least i i guess definitely still in the in the recent maps as well they still do that kind of transitioning through the map i think the most no the one i'm thinking about the most is in one of the end maps that's going on at the moment what's it called the one where they released half of it and then they released the other half drizzlewood is it drizzlewood yeah it could be um right okay um yeah words names um and uh where you kind of you know you've got this world view world you know mechanic and you go through the different camps and you know you laid siege to them and that's pretty fun 
um that's that's a little bit more linear i suppose like literally going through the map but that's where they've kind of used those events from i i really enjoyed it as well like the original kind of jumping in and like you say it's settings like you know it wasn't really saturated with so many players where you're just like whoa everyone's on a quest like person over there like i'm assuming because there's just a big crowd of people um and I actually remember playing, starting playing with my brother, who uh, we we hadn't really started playing them RPG together. And I was like, you know, come and play with me, and we'll we'll kind of level up through. And I remember the armor sets, and I was a mesmer, and I remember getting my first set of armor. I still remember it, and it's that bone set where you know where with the mask that is combined with the the, the shoulder piece as well, and it just blanks out whatever shoulders you're wearing, and it's like the level 30 kind of blue karma gear from a heart vendor in like somewhere i don't know in um the norn lands i can't remember which map um but i just remember having that armor set and being like damn i look so cool right now i'm playing a mesmer like i've never played a class like this before in an mmorpg i was pumped like guild wars 2 I don't know if I ever remember being as hyped for a video game in my life other than Mortal Kombat, the original one coming out on like the the SNES back in the day and I had like one of those converters so you could play it like a week or so early because it came out like that was what it was like when I was a kid, like these games and because it was just like this revolutionary thing. Um, but like, you know, that I was really, I Guild or see is probably the most hype I've ever been for a game. That I can remember other, other than more combat um and when I the experience was like so good even though many people don't like the story <laughs> I still really enjoyed that um but I think worldly world was the thing that I kind of really latched onto because of my past with like Warhammer Online which if people are, who are listening or who, who are watching don't know what Warhammer Online is uh was because it got closed down um it's just like a big realm versus realm combat game like there's three di- there's sorry there's two different um factions you're just playing versus each other in this warhammer universe um and really that there was dark age of camelot uh before that um but this is this is where the whole world v world thing came from so the inevitable move was was guild wars 2 um and and that's something i fell in love with unfortunately now uh, Wealthy World has kind of gone by the wayside and has been really neglected uh, to a point of just, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, there's promises that haven't really been met there, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what I loved originally uh, in the game. But, like, but it's just when you, when you started playing specifically, you know, how did you... I mean, I, like you said, you, you play anything which has got RPG in the end of it. So I think you know that's probably why you played it originally. But is there a reason what, what, that you kept playing? Like, what was the instant thing when you jumped in? Like, even even like thinking about character creation or whatever that got you like, I want to play this for a good portion of time and maybe even talk about it in the future. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned CC character creation because that's that's honestly what it was. I oh, mean. Cool. I was lucky because I had a lot of people that recommended it that I really trusted their opinion. You know, like people had a general idea of what I was into as far as MMOs went. And there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, while I was live on stream, you should try out Guild Wars 2. You should give it a go. And I don't know. I honestly don't know how I missed Guild Wars 1 or even Guild Wars 2's release because 
I it's the kind of game that seems like I should have known about. I should have played even before I knew about it. Like my dad was so big into that genre of games, and he was the kind of person that really got me into games early on because my mom was like not at all into video gaming a little bit. So yeah. I was surprised that he hadn't picked it up or you know shown it to me. So I got into it myself, and right off the bat, when I was in the character creator, one the options are fantastic, but two, what really struck me was the fact that it didn't feel exactly like every other, I don't know, kind of copy-paste character races in a fantasy MMO, if that yeah. makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. the archetypes are there, but the way that they re-envision them and the unique kind of traits of each of the races, you know, I was going through it, and I was like, okay, there's the big ones, there's the little ones, and then I kind of went, oh, but the little ones aren't cutesy? Oh, they're kind of sciencey. Oh, they're like science goblins. And that was kind of exciting. And then I went, okay, who is the elves? And I went to click on the elves and I was like, they are made they're cap they're made of cabbage? Wait, <laughs> <made of> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The wait. cabbage people. And, <laughs> and like yeah, that probably wouldn't have hit them that in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was just something where they took risks in the design of the world that I hadn't seen a lot of other MMOs do. Yes, yeah, some of those base kind of tropes i guess of fantasy are in there but then they re-envisioned them in ways that felt really unique to me mm. and i had fun like i didn't know what to expect when i was selecting classes i picked guardian because in my head as i said on stream that day i went i don't usually play tanks in yeah. an mmo and this one kind of seems like a paladin so i think i'm gonna push myself and i picked it up and you know here i am down the road like oh i was so very wrong <laughs> but well, not to no totally wrong i guess in in some respects i guess i guess that's the one thing right where you were like you like you say you expect maybe mm -hmm. an experience based on the genre of what you're playing um and you talk about character creation, and I think it hook onto that and just say, like, you know, that's maybe something that was where you're like, how did you feel finding that out? Which is probably what you're going to go on to say. And I just interrupted you. Carry on. No, I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> you're because you're right. It, it does. It usurps what you think. Yeah. And I really liked that because so many MMOs, I think, let World of Warcraft dominate the space. And that's fine because it set a lot of tone for how MMOs would be developed. And they did some really amazing things in the genre. But Guild Wars 2, when I realized that I just didn't know what to expect from it, that was really exciting to me. And, you know, even with Guardian, it was such a journey because I'm sitting there going, like, what do I even use for weapons? And people have all these ideas, you know, as you're kind of playing through as to what you should use or what the meta build is. But as I was kind of exploring it and as I unlocked the elite specs and all that kind of stuff, I was constantly surprised at the ways that they were just like, I don't know, take the thing you would expect of this and then just throw it out the window. And to me, that felt like such a, a breath of fresh air. You know, I got one elite spec and I was like, ooh, Dragon Hunter. Ooh, fun wingies. Ooh, mm. a bow. And then I got Firebrand and I was like, I'm a bookcaster now? What? Do Please I do rename it? the specs. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Hunter, now known as wing fingies. <laughs> Firebrand, now known as bookcaster. Bookcaster, actually, you can make Trapped. that really epic. Bookcaster. Bookcaster. Wingies. <laughs> like that could be a thing right i mean <laughs> i mean i think chat needs to come up with alternate names names for elite specializations i think that's something we need to do what's we the do, new what are the new ones Burza's chest what's the new guardian guardian elite specialization i want to know straight from straight from your mouth let's go come up come up what with is it. the one that i run most normally on my guardian no what's the new one what's going to be coming up oh, in the expansion God. i want to know oh jeez. uh 
There's wing thingies um, and book caster. So I want to know what the next one should be. I'm, I'm hoping for one that might be like, oh gosh, um, um magical. Oh, wow. <laughs> a funny way to put it. Magical super shield is wow. kind of what I'm okay. hoping for. That's Something that's... that does lean into like the tank <laughs> archetype. Because we need more tanks than just Chronomancer, but I'd like to see Guardian do it in its own way, you know? Um, I'd like to see them build off of the stuff that you can do, even with some of the shield stuff and abilities with Guardian, but have something that does play in a very, very different way, maybe with, like, buffs and tank. I don't know. But you do I just want whips and it... chains, that's true. I remember this conversation. <laughs> well, okay, no. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I want whips for Mesmer. Because oh, that's okay. an aesthetic. <laughs> okay, that's It'd be fair. really good. It'd be like, it'd be like magical butterfly Indiana Jones. <laughs> wow, so there might be some copyright copyright issues with that class, <laughs> that really specialization <laughs> name. But I think you know Indiana Jones Whip class is probably you know. Some <laughs> Sorry, of this... we can name him um, Wisconsin Jams. <laughs> magical butterfly. Wisconsin jams, and we could just do that, and it'd be a really, you know, obscure, uh, non-trademark infringing version of the name. But <laughs> Inks is like very serious about this if you can see Inks' face right Inks now. Inks is like that. Like, I like that name actually. <laughs> I I just uh, yeah I I guess at its core, I love that they are constantly experimenting and and doing things that are different, and the fact that so many other MMOs because they want a class to fit within a certain niche and they yeah. want it to have this, like the feel and brand of this class, which can be totally great. But I really liked that Guild Wars 2 was kind of like, we're going to do something unique because we don't have this Trinity system. It's mm -hmm. going to be much more kind of like piece these things together, figure this build out, do this thing. And I, and I really loved that. And then to then add on top of that, the elite specs where, they didn't make it be like, oh, yeah, well, what's the kind of vibe of the base? Cool. We'll just stick with that, but give it, like, two more abilities. Yeah. I love that they were just like, yeah, so what does uh, Guardian not have? I don't know. Throw a book at it. And, like, that's <laughs> kind of what we got. And then they base that around the lore of the world. And I just think that it's fun to see the risks that they take. And that's definitely what captivated me initially. And then kept me in the game. Um, and dragons. I just... <laughs> dragons. Side, I like side dragons. edition. I like dragons. I like dragons in a fantasy. And mm -hmm. that was very exciting. And as the story picked up, um, the story has been a big draw for me too in Guild Wars 2. So. Alright. Okay. Yeah. The character creation was awesome. I was, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to, while we talk about this, I'm going to show one of the other earlier videos, which is actually called The Races of uh, Tyria as well. And I think you know from Guild Wars, maybe they they had the, they were able to accentuate the features of of many of the the races you kind of met and and didn't obviously meet, but maybe heard about um, to a degree. But there was I don't know why actually I actually picked a Norn as my main character. It was just just a big human, and <laughs> so I was like kind of surprised at myself really that that was the case. Um, but yeah, I think that was something. My main is an Asura now because I like dwarfs, and uh, the fact that there are now dwarfs 
as NPCs kind of running around in the in the DRMs is bloody amazing. I don't know if anyone saw my Twitter when I suddenly saw these pictures. I was just like, my God, there's dwarves. This is an amazing thing. I have a thing about like dwarves in games. They're awesome. We've literally got a week called Dwarf Week coming up in two weeks where I'm playing games which are literally just dwarves uh, or have dwarves in them. Um, so in Guild Wars 2, I'm probably just going to do that one DRM of the dwarves in it. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the only thing that I'm missing. Um, but yeah, the very, very unique um, and just almost like creating that story as you go along of the of, with the icons. Like when you can kind of relate to the icons when you're creating, you're like, whether or not there's charm involved and all these different things, which don't really have that much impact in the story. They do have a little bit at the beginning, um, but when you kind of meld into that all-race kind of... Um, main story quest and it all just combines together and you pick which you know alliance you want to be with the pact or whatever and then you go on from there it all comes into one glorious you know combination and you kind of go forward from there um, I kind of like that I think you know actually funnily enough that was one thing I really loved early in the game being a Norn turning into a massive bear that's something I really loved that was so good and I'm kind of yeah. sad you couldn't do that in uh you can, I mean, you can do it in World v. World, I'm pretty sure. Can you do it in World v. World? I actually don't know. He used to be able to. He used to be able to, yeah, because we ran around as bears. I remember that. Um, but uh, you can't do it. I think the bear, bear, was it the bear who was overpowered? It might have been something like that. One of that. the other ones. Maybe that's why. Whichever one had a rush, just like the fiery greatsword. It was the, it was the bear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. God, that was so long ago. Um, you know what I think is interesting is sort of watching this video. Whenever this video was made, the it's clear to me that the attitude of the company right. was that races, races and variety of races was important. Yeah. At some point, uh, a few years down the road, pre Heart of Thorns, that attitude sort of changed because I remember them releasing several interviews where they were like we're not adding a new race because a new race doesn't really add anything to the experience or to the world or whatever i'm misquoting there a little bit but basically they weren't going to add a new race because they didn't feel like it added enough to the experience of the game mm -hmm. which i have always disagreed with yeah but um it's interesting that when this was made pre-launch races were very important to them at some point before Heart of Thorns, they felt like they weren't that important for, I guess, replayability or introduction to players. But really, if there's a new race, I feel like you're... It's probably, unless you really dislike the race for whatever reason, maybe it's just not your thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're extremely tempted to build a new character of that race, of a particular profession, maybe a profession you don't have already, and play through whatever experience there is. Even if it's only one map that goes from level 1 to 10 or whatever. Yeah. And then opens up Yeah, yeah, the yeah. World. I agree with that completely. Um, yeah. I feel like there's at least a couple hours of that base experience of enjoyment. to And to flesh out the race and the lore and, and all that sort of stuff. I feel like yeah. that adds quite a bit to the experience. I'm curious how much of it was like... I mean, yes, in interviews talking about the mentioning, you know, design mentality and things. But I mean, the production cost that also goes into a new race. Curious, like how much of that balanced or affected various things? Um, 
I mean, everybody's kind of curious, I know myself included, mm -hmm. about whether or not we may, with this next expansion, see something like Pengu Playable Race, which again, it's, you know, there's no precedent. Like you said, we've never had new races added to the game, but I agree with you. I think that it's a great way to build on the world, the lore, the context. There's so much of Tyria we haven't seen. I mean, there's so many places, um, but at least with Tengu, you know, we know that was one that they kind of wanted to originally be in the game but as a playable race but it just didn't happen and so now that we're getting more and more focus and the moment that tengu npc showed up in the new stuff i was sitting over here like tengu tengu so i'm <laughs> i'm hoping that as they look forward to the future of the game that might be something and as we kind of you know move beyond the parameters of the lands that we already know i mean that seems like it would be a great opportunity to even add in races because our lands that we have right now are so cram-packed with all sorts of different groups, you know, that I can understand not wanting to add more chaos to that. But as we keep exploring various areas, I'm like, maybe it's time. Maybe we get some races, because that'd be good. Yeah, I, I still think it would be amazing. Um, and I, I know as we, we're starting to think about the future because the expansion is on the is on the on the rise because we're talking about and I think you know I'm just kind of summarizing because apparently my counselor skills are coming in, um, <laughs> but like talking about what Inks is um, thinking about in terms of races and you know the the uh, the breadth of them and then narrowing them down and then what you're saying but it's just like going on and thinking about you know expanding that back out in terms of our actual players being able to play these races these wonderful things that we're seeing in the game um it's i unfortunately and i'm i hate to say this <laughs> i don't i mean i think we all probably know that was unfortunately not going to happen and i would love to be completely wrong and i hope so um, because I really want dwarves in the game <laughs> to be playable, um, and Tengu, I guess as well. But the, the the big thing is, I think, is is still armor and looks and being able to transfer all of that stuff over. And unfortunately, I just I don't want to I don't want to halt anyone's hype on on being excited for that because I don't I don't like halting excitement at all because I still am hopeful myself. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. It, we can live in hope. I live in hope. I can, I can understand, and this is not something that they've talked about. This is something that the community talks about. I understand the associated costs with the new race. you got to hire two voice actors, at least. Yep. Uh, more than that, actually, because you're going to need to dub into different languages, Spanish and uh, German and, and for I don't even know, Russian, yeah. whatever other languages it's available in, yeah. Italian, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so you got to hire a bunch of voice actors uh, and a bunch of voice dubbers. And for NPCs as well. Um, you've got to work out all the animations for every weapon, for every class. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and then the, the armor fit, which is a lot of work too. Now, some people are talking about clipping. I don't want clipping. I don't... You're going to have clipping. We already have clipping in the game. Sometimes <laughs> very egregious it's clipping. It's a feature now, so yeah. So clipping is going to happen. I don't think, yeah. and I don't know if the studio feels this way, but clipping should not be the reason that you don't do something. Yeah, and clipping is not that already has say, clipping. Clipping is not something that's just exclusive to Guild Wars Two either. Every single, yeah. Game, yeah. I mean, every of single course. game has this. Of course, Final I mean, Fantasy the shoulder pads, that bad, the spoilers, the shoulder pads in, in World of Warcraft are so big that they 
microphone was clipping to your face. Oh yeah, I thought the shoulder pad um, was my face. I thought it was the helmet <laughs> on my dwarf. My, my was point like, was, if you have a game that has zero clipping, which doesn't exist, but if you had a game that had zero clipping, then I could understand, okay, we don't want to do this because clipping is going to be such an issue. Mm-hmm. But you have a game where if you're wearing a cape and you're a char and you're running on all four and the cape goes right through your midsection, like the clipping doesn't matter at that point because you already have a race, the char, who the clipping is horrendous on. So clipping shouldn't really shouldn't really be an issue. You want to minimize clipping as much as you can, obviously. And, yeah. and that is a lot of work fitting the armor pieces onto a rig. I understand that. But I really think that the payoff for a new race, and I understand all the associated costs, I still think that the, the payoff for a new race is huge for an expansion. I understand not adding it non-expansion time. Yeah. But when you when you release an expansion, Heart of Thorns, Path of Fire, and now um, End of Dragons, mm-hmm. like they should have each had a new race, in my opinion. I agree um, with you. And, and I hope that End of Dragons has that. Uh, probably not, but I, <laughs> I, I hope. You know, I know we're all trying to temper our expectations because I mean, like we said, there's no, no precedent. It's not that. like there's literally that. anything. Bird of chest, but... you are the you are the voice of hope. Okay, I right? know. I'm are... gonna hold the hope. Please, I do. believe. And Please I mean, do. all of that aside, right? Like, since today we're talking about things we like about Guild Wars Two, I mean, when it comes down to it, I think we all can agree we like the world, we like the races, we like the lore, and you know, Jeb, you've been talking about being so passionate about dwarves. I'm over here on the Tengu <laughs> hype trade. I mean. There's so many different things in this world that are really interesting. I saw in chat the mention about how humans are aliens, which I love. When it comes down to it, I do actually, like, I know so many players who have hit that alt character cap that have separate accounts to make more characters. It's one of those things where I think the CC and stuff that we have in game is good. The races that we have are fantastic. And the replayability of the core game, the fact that you can choose those different paths, there's different stories. And while I don't necessarily think that the personal story is like the strongest storytelling in all of Guild Wars 2, Mm -hmm. there's definitely portions of the story that they've done that I think outshine it. At the same time, though, I love that there is actually kind of a reason to do that. And with different characters and their style and cosmetics and CC options and the different elite specs and all of that, It is really great to be able to make lots of characters, experience different things, and get little tidbits of lore from at least that base game run-through. So, I love that. Would I then also, yes, because I like what they've done with it, to have more races? Yes. But (laughs) when we're discussing specifically about, you know, what we like about the game, those are things that I think have resonated with a lot of players. Yeah. And I hope in the future, yeah, maybe we do see them take a big risk and do something like that, but... They've said nothing. We have no information. These are just player hopes. You know, it's not anything mm. that we can be mad at them for not doing because they have never said they would, you know, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to say as well, like, the amount of streamers, YouTubers, creators of Guild Wars 2 past and present in here right now is really awesome to see. I see Easy Yay. Rocker in there as well. What's up, dude? How you hey, doing? Everybody. It's awesome. <laughs> um, uh... And everyone else. <laughs> Just easy rockets. Nice to see you. Everyone else, no. Uh, I'm joking. Um, past guests, of course, as well. Um, <laughs> Age, one of our awesome guests has been in here as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... 
it is that kind of thing isn't it it's just like you have these hopes and dreams of stuff and and i think one thing is is that you know is is really good is when they do um deliver on the things that they they talk about and i think you know just as i <laughs> this is supposed to be a podcast about what we what we enjoy about guild wars 2 i'll just slip something in that i don't enjoy about guild wars 2 is the fact that sometimes maybe um they get they that i love i really love their enthusiasm and their passion because that is clearly very present and very 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 awesome thing that we do see I think sometimes that passion can go too far as to announce something a little bit earlier that may not be coming for a long time in the future. Um, so I think sometimes there might be an issue there. Um, but I do applaud their enthusiasm and, and they're a great bunch of people. Um, but yeah, okay. So thinking about where we are, so we've, we're thinking about the beginning of the game, we're already almost an hour in. Um, and uh, just the things. So like Wildly World is another thing that... Um, that I really, really enjoyed because there was a lot of... It was big, like, server pride. There was big, like, um, you know, I remember... I showed an old video, old World View World video, um, a beta video that I did myself um, of just everyone in World View World not knowing what the hell to do at all. Like, no one knew about boons. No one knew what really boons were. Like, no one knew like, you could, like, combo f like, didn't know how to combo properly. Like, we I remember, like, ten of us standing in a row and just being like, alright, everyone fire through this line of fire and see what happens. Like, different combo like, projectiles that you could create and stuff. I just remember doing that. And, like, someone go and stand there and see which one, you know, is dominant over the other and which is what effect's going to happen. Are we going to get might? Is it going to be area of effect damage? Like, what's going to happen? What does this thing do? Um, and then I remember also in World v. World, like, we would run, like, 15-person group and just be, like, practicing, running around in a circle stacking and like with our commander just being like right stop here stack my dude and empower guardians empower do all this kind of stuff because i was part of the first ever guild versus guild matches that ever occurred in guild wars 2 and it was all on the windmill um area around the uh, the borderland um the borderlands of uh, guild wars 2 like, i was one of those i don't know if anyone else was in like doing that it was in the eu but, like, I was in those first ever things, and it was, like, so awesome to just have this big community of World v. World players and then all communicating across your... Like, you get into... It wasn't, it wasn't Discord then. It was, uh, like, Mumble uh, we used, I think. Yeah. yeah. You mumble on TeamSpeak. And how you'd all come together as, like, in different ones. Like, we had different channels for different squads. And then we would all, like, be jumping into each other's channels. Like, there's this guy over here. We've got to make sure we're going to, like, kill this, you know, this spy or whatever. And we'd just be like, oh, it was so good. Um, and I'm not going to say what happened because that was... I want to think about that as a good moment. <laughs> but um, it, it, that was the kind of thing that I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed having... To do what I miss about MMOs and about maybe games, like everyone starting from the beginning and not knowing what the hell to do, not going to YouTube, not going to a guide, not going to, not knowing like what I should be doing now, and and that being like a true like new experience because I think like Guild Wars Two was very unique in the way they did it. Like you've both it's, said, it's funny that you mentioned that because. One of the reasons that I don't play or try more MMOs out is because I want to be there when it starts. I want to be there on the ground floor. I want to be there on day one. I don't want to 
mm. jump in the game has been out for seven years or five years or even two years okay, because okay. I feel like I've missed I, I feel like I'm starting at a disadvantage it's sort of silly because in PvE it's not really a competition obviously yeah. but I feel like I'm starting at a disadvantage because everybody else who's playing already knows way more than I do and yes, you can go look up guides, and that's sort of a thing. But there's something to be said about being there at the start, rather than, you know, two years into the into the game. I definitely like 100. I mean, everybody loves a new release. You know, like everybody loves not having any idea of how anything works, or even just coming into new zones or new story and all getting to experience it. Like, there's such a reason that people enjoy hopping in for new release content and get really excited about it and the game gets really excited about it we've seen it happen over and over again but i think some of it too is just community mindset and and your own mindset as a player right Mm -hmm. because i did come into guild wars to as we've talked about later than both of you right so i missed a lot of i wasn't there for the initial release or anything like that but I think that as a player, if you go into something, one, with the mentality of just like, so what if everybody knows more than me? I'm just going to take my own journey. And you just kind of have to like reinforce that, you know? And then two, just giving yourself the space to, this is going to sound cheesy, but react with childlike wonder. Like, <laughs> it sounds so stupid. But I You're think you're talking especially to a trainee become... counselor where we literally talk about your past and your like being a child and your inner child and all this kind of stuff and everything where it comes from because like we're all kid like we all have creative imagination like that is what makes us like you know unique as well like how we imagine things and good or bad I guess in a way but like it, you're exactly. right you're right and like we lose sight of that so much as players because we get used to an environment where. I think that gets dulled a lot or people, like you said, they'll almost like crush it out of you or they'll be like, just look at the guide. Just do this thing. Just don't like, stop Stop playing like that. Why are you using that? That's dumb. I tell everybody like, just do your own thing. And when I got into Guild Wars 2, I was excited about everything from discovering that I could switch weapons to the fact that there were whales in the water. Like you just (laughs) have to be, you have to give yourself the room to be excited. And there's still a lot of content that I think is really fun. I mean, I was even excited when we got, oh, Sun's Refuge in season four, and then some of like the different collections and things where it was this riddle and you had to like think back over the maps and it was like, oh, are they referring to this gin in this one place or on that one? And so many times people will say to me like, there's just nothing to do in a game. There's nothing fun. You know, all this kind of stuff. But then when I ask them about it, I'm like, well, what did you do? And they go, well, I looked up a guide and I blasted through this whole thing that was designed to be like a fun riddle or, (laughs) and I just did it and I hate it and I'm done. And I was like, have you considered doing the thing? Yeah, and more like, casually. Not looking up a guide unless you really need it or, you know. And it's just that we're conditioned to think this way. We're conditioned to have that guide tab up before we even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just have to take a step back because there's still a lot of really fun stuff in the game. It's just that if we ourselves completely like disconnect and tune out and we don't remember what got us excited about games in the first place, which is easy to do, don't get me wrong, then I think we get desensitized to it so quick. And so, like, I encourage people, like, go into a game that everybody else has played for 10 years and find something that's fun in it for yourself. And the same goes for Guild Wars, too, because um, I agree, it's really fun when you're there for the start of something. But 
I'm super excited for the new eggs pack. I had a great time running around with people who knew I was doing stuff that made no sense because I had no idea what was happening in Guild Wars 2. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I still love and cherish that experience too. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I think I think this is something to sort of point out about expansions. Uh, for a long time, Guild Wars 2 wasn't sure if they wanted to even do expansions. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the great thing about expansions that isn't often discussed is the fact that an expansion is a fresh slate for everybody. The expansion comes out, and none of us have played the expansion. We don't know, you know, we don't we don't know exactly what to expect. We're all going to have those experiences together for the first time. Mm-hmm. And for me, anyway, and I understand this is this is not for everybody, but I I think I'm always chasing that feeling of doing something for the first time. Right. You know, um, well, one of my favorite videos like on the what a, server kind of thing. Is it for yourself or like just, well, well, just the first time for me. Okay. Yeah. And, and for the group that I'm with. Right. Um, you know, it's one thing for me to join teapot and have him carry me through a raid. Yeah. Like that's not <laughs> exciting. It's not fun, but that's appreciated. <laughs> don't yeah. get me wrong but it's a different feeling when you and everybody else in the group have not completed this before and and even as with that group time. of people like group of people right right yeah right i mean that's it like i'm i'm really geek uh who is in the who is one of our awesome amazing mods just talked about how we started community raiding recently um and we've had people who uh don't even have gliding um coming in and we've been trying to get them over and who have people who have not to call you out Mason. um <laughs> but it was another awesome one um but like people who have like white gear and like green level gear as well and um uh and just coming in and you know and reader mentioned the expectations of maybe feeling like they should know some stuff about the raid beforehand um and you know i'm knowing dps rotations and like and and it's hard for me to still get into that headspace of not being prepared as a group going in there knowing what's going to happen and maybe even just looking up a guide of dps because we don't even have really there was no there's no rules it's not like we have we have to have a tank for some stuff it would be nice to have people that have boons and we want a healer but those are the basic like kind of rules of like roles we want but then we just adapt and change everything as we go through and it's been such like a learning experience because i'm the same as you inks like i learned um and this is another thing i love about the game i actually really do love the rating because for, I've I love it more now because and like all credits my old, the old raid group I was with I played a role and I did the thing and I did it okay but I didn't know what the flip was going on most of the time like I was just like, I wasn't sure about all the different mechanics um, and now I am learning some of those mechanics for the first time truly um, it's been a while as well like understanding what needed to happen as a tank a healer like how you destroy the like how important it is to destroy the orbs and like the course of all fight where the flipping you know which walls to destroy not being led around by like this marker um and learning the game that way again has been like that's been part of my rejuvenation experience of guild wars 2 um and these these firsts with my with actual my guild and our guild as a community are really special um to me at the moment and people who have never been able to experience raids because they don't because they've not been those people who like that experience of having to know everything and jumping in with a random group 
and have these expectations kind of put on them um so that's been like a really so thank you for talking about that because that reminded me of that yeah. awesome experience that i've had really as well to be honest <laughs> to build off of that and i i would love to i also love the rating in guild wars 2 and for so many of the reasons that you were just mentioning jeb and of course like there's a bigger there's a bigger sort of picture with this and i don't want to like just ignore it right for people who are looking for hardcore progression kind of content in an mmo we have had some things with like pacing and release and you know skill ceiling and all these kinds of things that are valid discussions about why rating can be you know maybe a little bit frustrating especially for the end game community so i i want to definitely put that out there mm. but all of that aside i raid in a lot of different mmos you know and I, I go pretty hardcore in Final Fantasy XIV. Not like world's first hardcore, but that's like where I, you know, have spent a lot of time. And when I think about the feeling that I have, like, yes, I get like doing raids in Final Fantasy XIV, I get a lot of like mechanical satisfaction from clearing a fight. But when I started doing things in Guild Wars 2, and we started running um, thanks to Faeus and some other wonderful people in the community that were like, why don't we get this set up? Uh, we got in and we started doing three learning progression raid groups a week. And when I compared the experience, the pressure, the gearing, all the sorts of things that made up like Final Fantasy XIV rating to something like Guild Wars 2 rating, I oftentimes tell people like, if you're looking for a mechanical challenge, 14 is great. If you are looking to have fun and problem solve in creative ways, Guild Wars 2 raids are fantastic. Like, mm. I have so much fun with them because like you said... You can just bring people in. There's a reason that Leroy Jenkins has stayed in the cultural mindset, right? <laughs> this idea of just being like, YOLO, and just going for it. You can do that in Guild Wars 2. And so many people get so hung up and worried about like, well, I couldn't even set foot in a raid. I don't know anything about raid. I, you know, endgame content isn't for me. And the amount of people that we have been able to take into that and be like, what you got? Okay, let's get you set up. We'll put you in some exotic. Yeah. Don't worry too much. We're just going to toss you in the arena. We'll give you a load out of the mechanics. Like, you're going to figure it out. We'll break it down. Let us know what's going on. We've got the training dummy we can use if we need, right? But when we start changing the language that we use in raids from, like, we failed, this one is a failure, it's over. Or, like, we, you know, it has to be this way because this is the fastest, most efficient way to clear. We start cutting off, especially in Guild Wars 2, some of the fun. Mm -hmm. Because some of my favorite clears of stuff have been, like, well... I don't know if we can do this with this composition. What you got? Okay, so we need to counter. All right, what do you have? Okay, maybe we can get through it with... Okay, there's four of us alive. Let's see if we can do the whole fight. Like, it's so fun. And you literally cannot do that in other MMOs. There is not that flexibility. Somebody fails a mechanic. If they continue to fail that mechanic, it's done. Like, mm. that's why people get kicked. That's why people get replaced. Like, in Guild Wars 2, there's so much room to play. We just have to like embrace it and be willing to teach new people and make that like, I just make it the precedent because it's real fun when you do it. Even if it's the same fight you've run a hundred times, the people can be different and that can really make it unique. There's, um, there's an interesting mindset in poker that carries over to raids in games. And that is um, you have to be comfortable with the idea that you're going to lose. If you can't afford to set $100 on fire, literally on fire, then you shouldn't play poker. Or if, if you're not comfortable setting money on fire, then you shouldn't play poker for money. Because... Sorry about that. Um, 
if if you're not, you have to be comfortable with losing, because when you in poker, you're going to lose. Sometimes you're going to win, but you're always going to lose sometimes. And in raids, you're going to lose. You're going to die, and you're going to fail. The best raiders in Guild Wars Two, Mighty Teapot, Easy Roka was part of a top tier guild. They all fail. They all fail the fights. They all die to bosses. They all die individually. They fail mechanics. Just go in comfortably knowing you're going to fail and then just put it at the back of your mind and enjoy the experience that you're having. Yeah, it's it's so fun when you do that. And like I see like Roka in the chat mentioning and, and like I said, the the idea that though like the scope of content and for people who are looking for hardcore progression as a component of an MMO, like yes, I do think there's there is more to be said about like difficult like adding difficulty modifiers you know new raid wings coming out very like reliably systematically having different levels and thresholds of difficulty um it's been very interesting watching because i i have just started doing endgame and elder scrolls online jab actually oh right, and, okay. like they suffer from almost the same things that i think guild wars 2 does right mm-hmm. in the sense that like you can go into one veteran dungeon and it's like this is the absolute most brain-dead thing I've ever done in my life. And then you go into the next one and you're like, oh my god, how are we dead already? Yeah. And like, that, that like scope and the flexibility of builds and um, things like that, and especially in Guild Wars 2, non-traditional roles. I saw in chat the mention of boons and how they interplay and, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things, right? Like... It's very difficult when you don't have a game, you know, wow, Final Fantasy XIV, right? Where these roles and skill sets are, like, very specifically honed, tailored, created, tuned to match this difficulty. Um, so I think that Guild Wars 2 is still grappling with that bigger picture of how do we make this satisfying when we just have so much on the table that's so ambiguous and I think they're getting closer. Like, some of the stuff that we've had recently, I think, like, tells have been much clearer mechanics. I've been like, oh, 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 okay, interesting. And I'm hoping we see them continue to build off of that. But when it comes down to, like, the rating stuff that I, I do like, I mean, I think all of us pointed it out. There's so much there that even now, having run for several years in raids and, you know, healed in raids and done all sorts of stuff, there are times where somebody will be like, oh, yeah, well, there's this one strat where you can do X, Y, or Z, and then you'll still be able to clear a fight. Or like, oh, yeah, did you not know that these two things interplay like that? And like you were saying, Jeb, like this mechanic actually breaks down into these five components, which is why we do X, Y, or Z. And like, that is so neat to me, that that core, that how do you adapt to the situation? How do you even adapt sometimes to aggro being a thing that you don't know what the parameters of it could be? You could get aggro because you have toughness. You could get aggro because you got a purple thing above your head. You could get aggro because you stood too close or you stood too far. You <laughs> like, I like that. Um, and I hope they keep playing with it because everybody, it's really not bad to get into raids in Guild Wars 2. And it's super fun. And even if you fail, mm. you still get rewards, which personally, I think helps take a lot of pressure off of people and a lot of toxicity out because when you're trying to do something and it's a weekly reset, I've seen people be so nasty about it. But when you're all working towards something and even failures get you a little, a little bit of currency, I do think that's better. Yeah. I just, I think it is. It, it fosters a better environment. Um, True. But yeah, it's accessible and it's fun. And I hope they keep building on the good things they have and keep looking forward. And I, I have faith. 
Mm. Yeah, I, have some, I have some faith. I think I think they they're definitely accessible to as long as you've got as long as you've got a group of people that can it, and it's like this in every game. It's like you you definitely are going to get a better experience if you have a guild. I'm sorry if there's some background noise. Um, if you have a guild and you know a bunch of people, which I think you know is something they need to work on a little bit more in Guild Wars too. Trying to get people gilded with other people and uh, have some interaction more accessible. Yeah, it could definitely be more accessible. But I agree with you. Like, as, in terms of like, you know, the the level I think it is at is is for the level of a Guild Wars two casual PVE player that is accessible in that regard. First, absolutely for sure. Like it is. I think that's kind of what you're talking about as well. Um, I think, um, and that is important. And I think Easy Rocker, like, uh, who is a who is renowned for doing being a very very awesome player very knowledgeable about the games and the things and now plays final fantasy 14 i'm using you as an example um and why you maybe don't do it anymore as well is that challenge that you are looking for but uh the guild wars 2 market is not um primarily aimed towards the hardcore player you can be hardcore in the game to a degree um, but it's not for the the high end, like other than the things that you know that Teapot and other people kind of create, which is what I think they kind of want people to do. Um, I don't think it's at that kind of you know World of Warcraft, world first, doing all the all, all the things kind of level, and it never will be. Um, and more, and I don't think it will be at all because it looks like they've pretty much stopped any raid production. Um, so unfortunately that is probably a truth that we might have to kind of just face a little bit more as we come towards the expansion and seeing what happens there. Um, but what I, I'm going to try and, I'm trying to move it back to the conversation we're having because we, we're but raids are in, but that is, we were talking about something we love and it's apparently, you know, something we do enjoy and, um, or have enjoyed in the past is is raids and you know the fact that they can be done and and what's done with them as well and the uniqueness of the combat in guild wars 2 that accentuates raids more i think so like even just the style of it right this is a sort of addition into things that i like about the raids in guild wars 2 um before we scooch to a different topic um i also really love that one you can go into the wings after they've been cleared and you can actually like look through stuff and like pick up journals and there's achievements and collections out of the lore the story the context behind a lot of the different raid wings i think they are really well done in that regard and that like they really do tell a story that's worth kind of digging into if you like the world and it's fun that there are like additional things you can still do in those wings even after you have you know killed that boss that week yeah um it's really it's really cool yeah the um the trash is also fairly limited in Guild Wars 2. Yes. Um, it's yes. not It's not directly... We're not talking about players. Jump from boss to boss, but trash mobs. <laughs> or, um, there are little events in between bosses usually, but it's fairly minimal compared to some other raids in other MMORPGs. Uh, and I appreciate that because I can't stand meaningless trash in between. and yeah when there is trash yeah. you get rewarded for it like i think you know the first raid wing that got released has got trash uh in between but there are events and you get a little bit of a reward for them and you know even the escort um escort well, i can't remember which wing it is Blimino. but like it, that's like kind of i guess almost trash but it's almost like an entire and a boss which is just an event which is a There's nice definitely some of those i wish i could skip or fast forward since i've done it so many times but 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, at least it's minimal. The cool thing is, is that you can kind of, right? Like the fact that you can instance into wings in various places. True, true. true. It's and under the... Like set those up. I mean, of course, if you and the whole group are going through it every, you know, it's it's a little bit different, but you can just skip to certain bosses, which is also a flexibility thing that I like a lot. Yeah, I could do that. Um, okay, what I'm going to do is, because we're kind of on instance content, um, I'm just going to show a little trailer, which was for uh, Ascalonian Catacombs cinematic before the game released. Uh, and it's something that... I've always hoped would come back. I know fract- fractals are a thing, um, but they're very, very short. Very, um, you know, they're, they're very good. They're good for the game. They're short. They're, people can just jump in. They can do a fractal. They don't have to dedicate themselves, you know, all the hard paths of a dungeon um, and, you know, the story and everything. But I really miss... This is something that I loved when I started playing, and I'm not sure how much you did this, um, when you started playing. Um, but... Like, you know, there was no shortage of dungeon keys. Dungeons were, were pretty good. Um, and I think this is actually, like, part of the story as well. Ascalonian Catacombs, and that was going delving into the past of Guild Wars, you know, and, and the humans versus the char and the story. And, and, like, having played this before I played Guild Wars and then looking back at the story and what had happened, it was really interesting and it was just... I don't know, I, I love the experience because I think one of the things I was excited about the most about Guild Wars 2 was the fact that they had dungeons, but as like Ben Cheshire mentioned earlier about the Trinity, there there really wasn't a Trinity, especially at the beginning of the game. As to what, Technically, there's a Trinity in the game in different modes that you might play, like in PvP, World v. World, like tanks, support, whatever, raids, um, boon dispersal support, etc., etc. At this point, no one knew. Like, we knew that we had healing abilities and we knew that you could specialize in specific areas, but I, it was no one knew that toughness was what you tanked with. <laughs> like, no one knew that, really. I mean, maybe some people did, but um, right at the beginning, it was just like, we're going to go in and mobs might focus someone, so just kill them <laughs> quick. Um, but there were traps in here. I remember that in Ascalonian Catacombs, specifically the traps and the things they featured early on were really exciting and really unique and and i was just like i remember doing this dungeon for the first time being like this is this is what i want this is a new experience this is a you know for an mmo i've not had before where i'm just the support just healing one guy at the front who's just tanking everything you know and uh, and we're just doing damage um but yeah that's something else that i wanted to share that i loved like i guess back in the day i still I haven't done dungeons recently, unfortunately. Um, and they are literally dead right now, obviously, in the game. Fractals, that's what they move to. Um, and I think that's actually something they do very often uh, Arena Net. They start off with a thing, um, and they see that the popularity or the rewards aren't working with it, and they move to another thing. Um, like raids, for example. They move from raids, strikes, DRMs now. Um, well, strikes are still being made, but I think they're kind of split between these different things. Um, meta events, you know, have always been there and, and because they're popular and you can farm through them and things like that. That's my feeling anyway, that they kind of start doing this thing and they move on. Um, I don't know if you, how do you feel, how you both feel about dungeons or, or at all, if you enjoyed them or anything like that. I just wondered, like, I loved them at the beginning. I'm not sure about Inks' face right now. Um, <laughs> how he feels because I think sometimes well, I, this is a positive podcast I mean um, you can still I, so, I'm saying I loved them um, but maybe if you yeah go on tell me what you're going to say sorry 
<laughs> I will say that I don't quite understand their launch decisions or their right after launch decisions about dungeons. Okay. I think that they were a great part of the core game. Mm. And I think that every expansion has suffered for not having more dungeons at launch. Um, I, I think I think that that dungeons are a very core part of most MMO experiences. And I understand in Guild Wars 2, we don't have this... We don't have the same type of gear progression. So in World of Warcraft, let's say, when a new expansion comes out and you've got a bunch of new dungeons, part of the uh, part of the reason for dungeons, not just a new experience and new content and story, but it's to get gear to prepare yourself for harder content. Yeah. Guild Wars 2 doesn't necessarily have that. It's true. But that doesn't mean that Guild Wars 2 dungeons couldn't have new armor sets and new weapon sets and new mm-hmm. currency, new story that is told through the dungeons and multiple paths that are enjoyable. I, I think one of the boons of Dungeons & Guild Wars 2 was the fact that you had one dungeon with three paths most of the time, and each path told a slightly different story but encompassed the same space, so they really maximized content in those spaces. Yeah, And it's a shame that they didn't expand upon that experience very much i mean here's the thing i cool. i I, but I did that that sounded very take. heartfelt like, was, uh, here's the thing here's the thing though <laughs> um no i mean i've done dungeons and i i do agree with what both of you are saying in the sense that when you think about dungeon especially if you're somebody like me who came from playing D and stuff right and you're like, oh, what's a dungeon? And you're like, oh man, we're gonna go in as a party. It's gonna be harrowing. We're we're gonna discover this isn't these. This is the Mesmer Whip situation. Sorry. Like it's like we're gonna go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case in chat, anyone saw it. Like the idea of Mesmer Whips and harrowing dungeon experience. <laughs> that's a, that's a different um, guild or two game altogether, right there. That was one of the mobile projects that's been done. So so. <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, no, I mean, like, I do really like the idea of what they did at its core. Yeah. Do I, however, think, like, there seems to be, and, like, rightfully so, because of some of that original concept that I think is so good, there's this really strong nostalgia about dungeons and this huge regret they didn't continue them. But when it comes down mm-hmm. to it, like, every MMO adapts their content as they develop. And yeah. I don't think that dungeons disappeared. I don't think it's like they were just like, no more of any of that forever, all time. I mean, like, we've seen them evolve into fractals and raids. And now those two things in and of themselves, I do agree that we could use more releases for both of those. Like, that's something that I do think they need to work more into the tempo of their releases. We need to have a better idea of what's coming, right? And when and and what to expect with that, because mm. it is a part of the MMO experience having that instanced content. But them choosing to move like dungeons into that format is not so surprising. Almost every other MMO has instanced dungeons, even Elder Scrolls Online, right? Where you used to have to walk up and like unlock the dungeon back in early release and then go in from there, just kind of like dungeons in uh, Guild Wars 2, have now moved into an instanced, instantaneous unlock system and queuing system, right? There's a convenience and there is a, a way that development has just kind of shifted in MMOs that has done that. So, like, if we're just looking at what I think about raids and fractals, 
I, I actually really like them. I think they tell fantastic stories. I even really liked the new fractal that we got. I thought there were some great, clear, clean, crystal mechanics. I thought the story was exciting. I really enjoyed the setting. I thought it was gearing us up for Cantha. Um, even the more the more recent Raid Wing, I, I enjoyed that too. I thought there's some really great mechanics with the gin and all that kind of stuff. Of course, we we do need more, I think, because having that kind of content is important. But, I mean, even in things like Final Fantasy XIV, we've seen them just recently cut back on two dungeon releases to one per patch. Mm. We've seen more of this shift in MMOs away from the idea of, like, developing this constant kind of instant content. Mm. I think because there's other formulas and things that people are kind of playing with and open world integrate. Like, there's all sorts of other things around this. So sometimes it is, like, just as as somebody who came into the game, right? Yeah. It can be a little frustrating to me sometimes to hear people constantly being like nostalgic about dungeons because I enjoy them and I think they have some really cool story. I think that it's really neat if you don't know a lot of the um, stuff with the, oh my gosh, can you give me the name? The group Air was a part of and everybody was a part of that they all, and then someone died. Oh, uh, the main, (laughs) oh my God. What's the wrong with me? Ink, ink Destiny's Edge, right yes. Now? Destiny's Edge, yeah. Destiny's Edge, yeah. Like, Jesus. if you don't know the story of Destiny's Edge, those dungeons communicate them to you. And I wish that I had gone into those dungeons yeah. with other people who didn't know anything. But as a player now who goes into those dungeons, and people do still run them. Anytime I see somebody call out, can we do X dungeon? I see people hop in to do it. Although, Inks, I agree. I think there should be updated rewards and st- or something, you know. But... It becomes this thing where it's like, again, once you figure those things out, it's just dessert, you know? It's like, run, stand in the corner, stand in the corner, stand in the corner, burn, 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 stand in the corner, dodge roll, dodge roll, dodge roll. And like, half the time when I was running them at first, I was like, I don't even feel like what's happening. Stand on this We need a gif of you doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that should be a thing. So it's, it's interesting because I agree in that I think the concept of the content was really cool. Do I think it was sus- like sustainable long term in a way like a thing that they could always release? I, I, I don't. It's it's just tough. It's a mixed bag for me. Like I would like to see them take the things that they took from dungeons mm-hmm. and implement them more regularly in in other stuff like fractals and raids because I think the good idea is still there. But I completely understand why they stopped that format of release. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I think it would oh. be one of those things where we would either get we would either have to trade off, right? Do we get Fractals raids or do we get dungeons? And like, because dungeons are but aren't dungeons. Fractals are really dungeons as we think of them in MMOs currently. Like, it, it's, I don't know. I'm curious too. I don't know if everybody in chat like, what are you doing? So a bit of a warning, a semi-negative counterpoint. Um, the the problem, okay. Discussion so, so dungeons, have, dungeons have evolved into other kinds of content. I agree. Um, the problem is fractals are sort of now left by the wayside, but that's fine. Fractals have now evolved into strikes and DRMs and wait, so wait, on. Wait, wait, when was this? Well, we I just got a new fractal, fractal though, so we can't say that they've been abandoned. I don't abandoned. think they've been abandoned. When was the last okay. new fractal? I apologize. I, I mean, know. well, if we think about Guild Wars 2 and the release schedule, I mean, it's probably, it's probably it's about, right? It's been a year or more. <laughs> Has it been a it's year? Been a while, more? right? Is it really? No. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It may have, no, actually. It's, it's been maybe six, six months. Someone six look months? this up. We need someone. Somebody will look it up. I mean, again, I... I so do... Either way, my, my point is more 
not that the content has evolved, which I'm fine with because content needs to evolve. Yeah. It's that they don't have a foundation released with an expansion. And I think expansions, you have to have instanced replayable content at launch right. uh, or very soon after launch, you know, within a month okay. for players to sink their teeth into. Most of us, myself included, will take their time and it'll take us a month or so to okay, work through the story right. content and explore the maps. Maybe it takes two or three months, depends on how much time you have to play. To but some people, a group of people, the diehard people, the, the DeRoyers, which I know is a very limited group, they're going to burn through it very quickly. Yeah. And you need to have something repeatable for you and your friends and your guild to do at launch. Mm. Uh, you can't just rely on open world content. And, and Guild Wars 2 is always, with the exception of Core, yeah. um, Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire both struggled with not having any repeatable content available at launch. Okay, so just a tiny bit of information. September 15th, 2020 was Sun Peak. I remember putting a video about that out as well. So they have, yeah. like, so I think I think you're right, Inks, as well. To a degree. I think you're both right in different ways. Like, um, it does feel like, you know, and actually Kruf says something as well, which I'm going to stick in there. Um, just, just to interrupt you just for a second, yeah. Jebro. There was a story before Icebrood Saga season... Four, three. Okay, I'm terrible at numbers. Um, <laughs> there was a there was an instance. Uh, there was a story instance where you go into this big temple, this temple city. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but somebody in chat will remember. That could have been a dungeon. It was separated. Right. It was instanced. The assets are there. You just had to add some some mobs and some bosses, and and that could have been an instance dungeon. And so. When you're looking for that sort of content, if, mm-hmm. if you're the type of player who is looking for that sort of content, and then it just doesn't appear, uh, it's it's a little disappointing. No, Inks, you're, mm-hmm. that's 110%. I agree. I agree. And I think my big hope for the next expansion is that we do see them, like we've seen them play around with this living season with other types of content that I think they could release feasibly, like things like the strike missions, right? So my, like, big hope for the expansion, and I don't know, we'll see, but my big hope is that they've realized and heard a lot of this, and that as we get that new expansion, we are going to get something like this. Be it, like, different strike missions that are important throughout the narrative that you can then repeat with groups for whatever, you know, or um, a a raid that comes out with release or something, because I, I totally agree. I think they do need to address it, and I think that there is really fun stuff to do as a group in Guild Wars 2, for sure. I just think that, like you said, we need to have an idea of what's actually coming out and, like, when it's coming out. And this isn't, it's not like it's unique. Like, Guild Wars 2's financial model is very similar to, like, Warframe, for example. They both do very similar things with how they, you know, expect, I guess, to keep their doors open with money, if that makes sense, which we have to talk about with MMOs. And Warframe Mm -hmm. has the exact same problems. You know, if you have a no subscription, very low cost to buy kind of game and you then have even a cash shop where you can get currency in-game to convert to cash, or to gems in this case, right? Like, one of the big things that I think we see suffers is reliability of content, 
we see them take a lot of risks with things because I mean, again, like you're saying, like they have to almost change up the formula to see what's going to be really working with people or not working or what's sustainable long-term because they only have so much to do one thing to develop. And then, you know, like, so it's, there's a lot that goes into it. I do think it's a problem that needs to be addressed, Mm. but I also think there's a lot of really good stuff in Guild Wars 2 that makes that really fun. And that's why people want to have more of that content to do together. Like, it's not like everybody's over here just like, ah, yeah, this stinks, so I don't want to play with everyone. It's like everybody's going, I have so much fun when we do stuff. Please, more content where we can do stuff, you know? Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's it, yeah. Okay. Like, you see, yeah. You're both saying some very, very, very... This And this is the thing as well. Different play, people expect different things from MMORPGs. And like we all have our expectations and kind of wishes. I think sometimes, sometimes a lot of what people get want is stability as well, and knowing what's kind of coming and you know what we kind of want from like inks, like you're saying, you know, having. And I think that's kind of maybe where they lost out a little bit of Heart Fawns. They didn't have raids on release, um, which was which was a big, big issue. Well, the the HOT raids were fine, actually, in my opinion, because. I think they launched about a month after HOT launched. It wasn't too bad, which, yeah. Which I think is okay. okay. Um, get those, and, I guess you had the least. And they had a lot of stuff already partially completed in the pipeline. So the release of the Heart of Thorns raids didn't feel too bad. Not the far as a different story, but the Heart of Thorns raids, when it was introduced, actually felt really good as far as release cadence goes, in my opinion. Um, I, I'd also like to add that um, there's a lot of things that Guild Wars 2 does really well. The core worlds, the maps, that experience, the, the world bosses and the meta events, uh, they do all that really well. And I think a lot of times it's very easy to focus on the couple of, of negative things yeah. or, or the couple of missed opportunities that you might like as a particular player mm-hmm. and miss the praise of, well, everything else was really great. You know, Wait, look, what... uh, they, they did the maps really great, but you don't often, like like what Rook was saying, yeah. you don't often hear the praise for that stuff because people know that it's going to be good. They expect it's going to be good. It is good. And so it meets their expectations. They have, they don't even talk about it really a lot of the time. Sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't even talk about it because it has satisfied them. <laughs> so then all you hear about is, well, they could have added a dungeon here, you know, like instead of talking about all the positives and the praise for it, mm-hmm. um, it's easier to focus on the, the couple of negative things that may not meet your standards. Well, inks. speaking of things, sorry, oh, go, go, go on. No, 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 no. Speaking of things, we're speaking of things. I was just going to say, speaking of things that I think are really praiseworthy at Guild Wars 2, and Crichton Harold just brought it up the mounts. I'm curious to hear what both of you think about the mounts in Guild Wars 2. <laughs> Maybe Inks is like, this is my most hated part of the I hate mounts. No. I've um, literally got videos queued up and it ruined my order. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. You, it's fine. Jeb, no, you steer no, no, this no. shit. No, we're doing we'll, it. We're doing we'll, it. We will get we're doing the mounts it. when we get the mounts. You cue those videos. I'm joking, I'm joking, I just I'm saw joking. in chat mounts and I was like, oh, if we don't talk about this, I'm going to be really sad. So <laughs> no, here's no, no. the thing about mounts. Oh, I think no, that the very what? early mounts, the raptor and the bunny... Um and whatever the other ones. The bunny. 
the bunny. I mean, Springer, what is it? It's a bunny, right? It's a kangaroo. Uh, I guess so. Welcome to Guild Wars 2, where we have, uh, like, the Springer, the rat, and what, and whatever. The other ones, like I that. mean, let's that, um, get this right. A bunny and, and the kangaroo the are different matter. things. <laughs> They're definitely different. Um, I think the core ones, for the most part, were pretty good. Yeah. I have a problem with the sky scale. In that I feel like this, not not totally, but in a lot of instances, I feel like the sky scale invalidates or steps on the toes of some of the other mounts. Um, don't get me wrong. There's there's definitely a time and place for certain mounts if you want to go fast, for example, depending on the environment. But I feel like the sky scale really steps on the toes of some of the other mounts. Um, Did they maybe, ever talk uh, about? Maybe I'm just lazy and I don't switch mounts enough. <laughs> but it's still I feel relevant. Like the sky though. scale was kind of a mistake. It's still relevant. I mean, I mean, the yeah. sky scale is. I, I honestly think. Yeah, I can see. I can see what you're talking about, and I think I'm showing the just just so the the audio peeps know as well. We might be watching a little bit and a bit silent at times. So there's the mount kind of trailer esque type stuff going on where Roy, who was um, I think mainly in charge of mounts along with some others, like he was he was he was he's such a loss to that company. I swear that man is. There are so many talented people are in. I miss Roy a lot. Um, he's he's just he's always innovative with how he's thinking. He's actually doing great work elsewhere. But um, all of the people that worked on this, like Joe as well, like you saw, they're just so good. Um, but I I think person I don't know I I like the skyscraper. But there's definitely moments where I'm like I want to get up this thing faster and I'm going to use a springer, you know, or I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to use this mount, or I do I'm going to use this mount because it's kind of cooler. And I think. I think you're right in terms of like, you know, you can do different things. You can just, you know, avoid different stuff by using the sky scale. Get up as high as you want and, you know, you can, you can still, you know, traverse and get higher with it as well, depending on where you are and, and whatnot. But I think it's, I think part of the reason they made these mounts as well and why maybe they haven't maybe adapted later maps to mounts as well, specifically like different types of mounts, you know, like... um I mean, actually, to be honest, they have. They've kind of got the mount where you know you can go underwater now as well, so you can explore older maps in a different way. So I think, in a way, they've they've kind of adapted them to the past of Guild Wars too, which is quite cool. Um, don't, that was don't my get me wrong. I think that the innovative design of mounts in Guild Wars Two is unparalleled. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah, another yeah. MMORPG that I've played where mounts are so intelligently designed. Um, you know, every mount does something special, can interact with the environment in a special way. My, my only complaint was that I think the sky scale is a little OP and um, <laughs> I understand that. wasn't maybe the best inclusion. It's a dragon. I love dragons. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I unlocked it on two accounts and I never, ever, ever want to do it again. But, you did it on two accounts? Well, yeah. That's but, like um, you know, thing, right? Like, it is something that you have to earn. And I think that's why they did make that collection so intensive. And like I love beats. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go through because the mounts are something I feel I get very excited about in Guild Wars 2. Like the only other MMO that I felt got close to that is Archage, 
where you do also have different types of mount that have like mounts that have special skills yeah. that you level up in certain ways. Yeah. But I don't think that Arcage used mounts in the same way that Guild Wars 2 does, which is to give more options to create dynamic, versatile, and like multi-dimensional maps. And that's something that gets overlooked a lot in Guild Wars 2 or because of like Heart of Thorns, I think sometimes gets critiqued because those maps are so hard to deal with when before you have a mount, before you have your glider, right? But I love it. Because when you think about the amount of times that, like, in World of Warcraft, for example, right, you work so hard to get this flying mount, and then it's like all the maps are kind of designed sort of flat. Some of them aren't. I mean, there's little, you know, nooks and crannies, but they're all kind of designed sort of flat. And then you get the flying mount, or you unlock flying in the zone, and it's like, well, peace, never have to see the ground again. Bye, suckas. Like, when you're in Guild Wars 2. What I love about it is that they took those things and masteries, and then they decided... We are going to use this as a way to make our map design more layered, more nuanced, more interesting, yeah. right? Things like the jackal mount, um, the fact that, yeah, sure, maybe you're not on the jackal all the time, but I love that there are jackal puzzles. The roller beetle, I don't use that out on the maps a lot of times, but I love the roller beetle courses, the griffin courses, like they have really done these neat things to create more content with what they have, but then to also make maps kind of scale to match that. So that, you know, things like Dragonfall, things even like Drizzlewood in some parts, right? Having those flying mounts and stuff, which many players do at that point, makes it so that they can do these big drop-offs and these hidden areas and this thing that's up there. Mm -hmm. And like, I am so in love with that because so few MMOs have that same kind of verticality or that nuance where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to put this animal on. And one, the animations and rigs are gorgeous. Like as somebody who gets hung up on animal anatomy and games looking terrible <laughs> a lot of times, like the mounts have beautiful rigs, which I really appreciate to being able to level them and expand what they can do. It's a time investment that has payoff that, I mean, like you said, with the sky scale, it feels good when you have that all unlocked and you have it leveled. It's like, good, I put the time in. So now I get a reward for it. But there's still so much to do with the other mounts that I I think that while I, I do agree to like to some degree that Skyscale does nullify a lot of mount switching, at the same time, I feel like they've done the best balance of introducing these out of like any MMO that I've seen. You know, like to have this variety and nuance to then expand on what they can do with underwater. Like to me, it just I guess overall feels as though there might be some little things that you can kind of critique about it, but the mount system to me is just such a huge win. And I think it just gives them more possibilities for making the world interesting rather than less, which is massive to me. That's no small feat. We don't talk about the Pegacorn. I, that one does not, that one. Yeah, don't. We don't. Good mm -mm. idea not to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm showing a video. Um, I don't want to give, give credit before, like, you know, I'm just haven't picked random videos. There's actual people who have created content around this stuff. Um, got music going as well. Love it. Um, but these are some of the skins in the game as well. If, if, again, if you're listening, you won't have to watch the VOD, but you, uh, please go and follow the Crichton Herald. If you Google them or put in YouTube, you'll come up with their YouTube channel, but it's youtube.com. Uh, slash four max <laughs> 1066 um but uh yeah definitely definitely go and check them out because i'm using that video as well um but they are they are unique and they they're very different like you say you know our cage 
and I I only got to a certain level so uh, with Arcage where I kind of saw the you know the different amounts can make in different situations not as impactful as you say as Guild Wars 2 um, and it was a very good it was definitely something they're missing it's something and this is something that I, I like about Guild Wars 2 as well is that even though they have said on multiple occasions we will not do a thing <laughs> that can change everyone <laughs> so the fact that you know they they are doing this they even brought this in was like you know a point where we we're like okay they're open to more things raids they said they were never gonna do raids expansion never gonna do an expansion we're just gonna do it differently some of the main features that have actually made the game more successful have actually been introduced which is kind of interesting in a way because we're talking about how important and even innovative it is to be in this industry especially with mmorpgs and the way we play games nowadays compared to like you know even 10 years ago before uh, guild wars 2 was released because we do play games differently you know we even in the last year we play games differently because of you know covid um and different stuff as well unfortunately um but you know it's important to remember that innovation and and stuff is is so important it's a big massive feature of arena net and what they do and unfortunately i think sometimes um maybe that innovation and the desire to create new things does maybe like the inks said kind of leave stuff behind and maybe they leave some stuff out that that people just want to have as, as like a basic stable expe- expectation of that genre of game um but then they go further and they kind of exceed our expectations in, in many different areas and actually you know um innovate in the industry which is what i think they did with mounts specifically um but there is something else as well i wanted to kind of look at um i don't know if anyone wants to say anything else about mounts before we kind of look at something else i feel good i just think they're cute and fun and i Other than <laughs> like writing them i like leveling them up and i like all the skins <laughs> for them so <laughs> well there is something else that is very lovely to look at uh, and it was something very awesome in Guild Wars 2. The first thing I, one of the first things I ever remember doing was in the star area for the, uh, for the Nord. I was going to say the Nord. Uh, <laughs> was seeing this big thing hovering in the air with this beam of light flashing up from it. And you were like, oh, what's this then? You go up to it, you press F, and you have this awesome view of uh, the area in. And I, this is something I really loved. And actually, I remember up until I think or and I've lost all these screenshots, unfortunately, I screenshotted every single Vista at that point. You know, that point where you get to, and I don't know if anyone else did this, but when you get to that point where you can see like the whole thing and you get and you get that kind of image you get this image of like the whole area before it fades into like white or whatever and you're just like well i would get annoyed at that point i'd be like no when does it fade i've got to make sure i get the pre-screenshot before it fades away and then just be like that was that was always just like an immersive awesome experience for me where i'm like wow you're seeing it from this different camera angle from an angle i might not be able to get to you probably could now with a mount um but you know i just thought that was a really nice i don't remember that ever being a feature in any other mmorpg um but having that experience was a was a pretty good thing that i enjoyed and i think um yeah i don't know how you feel about that if that's something you both enjoyed Um, it's more like this is a show about what jebro liked and did anyone else like it (laughs) 
I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I like vistas. I think they're beautiful. Mm. I like the map exploration. I like map completion, honestly. It's like one of my favorite yeah. things to just kind of tune out. Like if we're talking and we got a new map or I just like doing it. And there's a lot of times where I even find new things on maps, you know, or some little new nook or cranny or somebody fills me in on some lore about a thing I didn't even know about. Or um, yeah. it's it's really neat to see that. And I think it's great that they've still kept up with it. A really memorable moment for me recently was even uh, in one of our, uh, not not the chapter finales, I don't remember where exactly this fell, maybe it was, but that point where you're talking to Eagle Spirit, and then you oh, do yeah. the fly through, and you're like, you turn into the bird, and you know, it's like, it's a funny moment, yeah. but even that gave me the same kind of sense of vistas, right? Where you actually see mm. the scope and scale of this map in a different way, and I think that even goes for some of the mounts and like tying into that. When you are on different mounts, the map feels different to you. And I love like the way they've kind of built so that now if you're soaring on your sky scale or you have like other people with you, man, it's just a gorgeous world. And getting to see it from different heights and elevations in different ways, uh, it's just, it's really cool. It makes you look at the maps in different ways than you did before. Totally agree. That's the thing, right? I mean, showing off showing that off is you know i don't think many mmos do that that's for sure i mean i've been playing final fantasy 14 again once a week um and you can now fly in the base zones you don't need to get any of those things to pick up and i was like wow i've seen the map like because i felt like the maps were quite small and then i got up high and i could see these massive structures and these like massive shards and all this kind of stuff and i was like damn that's cool you know it would have been cool to see some of this stuff as well as leveling but guild Wars 2 gives you like you say this unique angle uh on things and i can again i guess that speaks to arena net's kind of way that i feel i feel like they go forward in their creative sense i don't think they've ever changed really it's like they want to be doing things a little bit different from other people giving you a different view on things or a different um perspective i guess as well which is always something i appreciate um i think we all appreciate in different ways um inks do you like vistas (laughs) yeah they're they're fun they're fine there you go um but i i wanted to move on again and uh i think i think better just put that very well about um always so succinct and concise with what you say and to the point i don't know if, i don't know about succinct and concise I mean, but it, we get there after like 20 yeah, minutes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good it's good appreciate um something else the the big selling point for for guild wars 2 i think um and and something maybe we can speak on as well that is is so important that we haven't really spoken about at all, which probably should be the, one of the main parts of this com- conversation. Um, when Guild Wars Two was first being released, they talked a lot about combat. Um, obviously, it's it's the first thing you want to know about. Most people want to know about in an MMO, like other than the, just the story and maybe the world and the kind of races and things you can pick up is the combat now that when i um first looked at this game and and i think that's why i fell in love with it and the main reason they created this game was mostly built around pvp as we've kind of talked about in the past um and they've admitted this to a degree different different people um and how that combat is you know how that's evolved and made you know into pve and that's kind of their main audience really now to to a degree as well has still been able to be successful is is very is awesome because it is very unique and seeing these videos like early um in the process of like the different classes and their skills was so 
well done. Like, this is where I got the hype for Guild Wars 2. Like, seeing the elementalists and the engineer and the abilities, these unique abilities and animations, where I'm, and these creatures, like... I don't know if anyone else remembers in the chat watching this who was watching live inks maybe maybe bird of chess if you did see any combat and stuff but the way they did this it was just so awesome and i was like i just wonder what you've what you both think about the combat is this something you enjoy about the game a lot is this something where you know maybe other games you prefer their combat what do you feel how do you feel about combat bird of chess like what do you reckon when you first start playing i guess I love it, but it was a bit of a journey for me to get there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mostly because I, I didn't know what to expect again from it, right? It was one of those things where I was coming from more traditional MMOs. So when I looked and I was like, I have five skills. And then on that <laughs> side, I've got how many? Yeah. Like, it felt very underwhelming to me initially. Yeah. Because I, I didn't understand what the full scope of it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And the more that I've gotten into it, the more that I've played different kinds of content, the more that I've learned about everything from like how to tailor certain builds, how to do substat, you know, collections on different gear that then reinforces what you're doing, uh, what weapons to use in what situations and weapon swapping, what you do when you're raiding versus PvP pers- uh, versus like open world, CC bars. Like there's so many different things in the game, buffs, boons, like. It's so funny to me because initially, yeah, I was just like, oh, this seems like it's really simplistic. And then as I got more into it, there was so much to dig into. And I love it. And I always tell people that now because I go, the game is like really chaotic when you start. Um, There's going to be a lot of things. You're going to have very few skills. You're not going to be totally sure what's going on. You're going to smash dodge roll like there's no tomorrow. (laughs) But eventually... (laughs) It's true eventually you start piecing things together and you start seeing things and then you start going like oh wait a second but if we do this or that or this and oh this skill has like these three different things that it does that i didn't even know about and if i hit this key two times and then that one and like i just love that i think that there is so much to dig into you just have to give it a chance and people should give it a chance because it really is exciting and it's very dynamic and very fast paced and i think people will oftentimes really latch onto that and have a lot of fun with it. And before you know it, you're doing a lot of complex, interesting things and you're learning a lot about it. So you just have to kind of like scratch the surface and then discover what's underneath. Completely. It is, it is engaging, that is for sure. And you, you have to... I think I still learn some... I think it's more through raids, like combinations and stuff which you find useful and different abilities that you don't use in other modes. And I think that's what I like about like about the combat as well is there are a lot of abilities which are centralized around modes sometimes that you just never use and there's when you start going into other modes you start playing different builds and different things which interact differently with other players and everything which i can appreciate um but yeah like you say at the beginning i think you're like you are like you don't see that many skills and you're used to like i guess like final fantasy or uh, 14 or wow or where you're just like I've got so many abilities right now, like, and you've just got them that cluster at the bottom, and you're just like, wow, this is ridiculous. But like, you do actually have like a lot of abilities when you switch bars and stuff that you do use, but it's just the UI is just not so dominated by them that it isn't um, so uh, pressurizing, I guess. I'm trying to think of a better word. Um, but yeah, I mean, Inks, what do you think combat wise? So. Um, Guild Wars 2 Combat's pretty unique, I think. The 
something that took a long time to really understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm talking like I, I I think I played more than a year before I had any real grip on the combo system mm-hmm. with working with not only my own skills, but other classes' skills as well. And even today, there I'm sure there's combos that I just don't even think about on a regular basis. The... I came from a, sort of a history of MMOs where World of Warcraft and Rift, Sword Tour to some extent too, but Rift and, and uh, World of Warcraft were really big and giving you a ton of abilities, way more than you possibly yeah. could ever need to use. Yeah. But then what you did was you created a macro to string those abilities together in a particular mm-hmm. order because that was the best way to maximize DPS and reduce the number of buttons you needed to press. Yeah. Um, kind of like I need to press one one, and then I need to interrupt halfway through one into two in order to maximize my my DPS rotation or something. Um, and and that's sort of interesting in its own way, but I definitely grew tired of having fifty, sixty abilities mm-hmm. where I want to throw thirty of them away, yeah. or I want to macro twenty of them together into one button. Um, I I really appreciated that Guild Wars Two had a more minimalistic for the most part. Um, and then weapon swapping was another thing that was really big as well because I hadn't, obviously hadn't really experienced weapon swapping in other games. And and dodge, I think, is the big one. Uh, mm-hmm. Before Guild Wars 2, I had never played a game with, with a dodge mechanic where you could dodge out of the way of things. Um, and so that was obviously a big draw and big interest. And I think one of the things going through, uh, going forward beyond Guild Wars 2 now, when I look at another MMORPG, I definitely look at its combat first yeah, to see if I'm going to have the same smooth experience that I currently have in Guild Wars 2. And if it mm-hmm. doesn't measure up, that might not be a game I can play for very long, to be quite honest. There's definitely not many games that do it. Sim- I, think, I think the most similar MMORPG right now on the market that does this, something similar to Guild Wars 2 is Elder Scrolls Online. Probably. Um, yeah. Right. But the Elder Scrolls, um, not to bash on the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> it's okay. uh, I, I was an alpha tester. I tried my very best to make it a great game. Yeah. At launch. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's much better nowadays. Yeah. But the yeah, combat yeah. system doesn't have the same sort of flash. No. Oh, and flash. the smoothness is not quite the same. It's not terrible, mm-hmm. but it's not quite the Guild Wars 2 polish. No. Yeah. Gone. You might be saying no, I was just going to agree with you. Yeah. And I didn't even notice until I really actively started re- like getting back into Elder Scrolls Online. And I love ESO for different reasons. I play it a lot myself off stream. And I think it excels in certain areas in such a cool way. But I couldn't believe how <laughs> it was. It was actually like eye-opening to me. I had gotten so used to Guild Wars 2 and Guild Wars 2 combat and the feel and flow that it wasn't until I started like dealing with weapon swapping and stuff and things like that in ESO that I realized just how smooth and painless and quick and interesting that system was and how good it was. Because I don't oftentimes play a lot of PvP unless it's like group. I I like, you know, sort of group combat things like Overwatch, stuff like that, where you're working as a team with like team goals. Yeah, I don't usually get super, 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 super into all the PvP content and MMOs, mostly just because I like doing PvE content, both casual and hardcore. Like, I, I just really enjoy that kind of group experience. 
So because I hadn't been in those arenas doing PvP, which is where I think a lot of that quick instantaneous response kind of like really, really shines and is really noticeable to you. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until ESO that I was like, oh, dang, yeah, Guild Wars 2 is real good at that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. It just dawned on me. It was so silly. So true. I mean, I'm just looking at the engineer there as well, and, and like why I still why it's my main class, obviously, but I'm played loads of different stuff now. But just like you say, I think you you put it very well, like the fluidity of the the skills, like being able to like even just the animations and the combinations they're thought about with the combo fields. Um, and if you don't know, and you're you're a new player or or you're listening to this podcast the first time, you can put like a, a an AOE, for example, on the floor area effects. Um, just this circle on the ground, which creates this field, which is, you know, if you combine it with a projectile or some kind of blast in the area or something like that, you can create a new effect or a new boon, which is like a buff. Um, and you know it, it's that kind of creation which is so awesome and depending what you've got um, different things override different things and it's just it's just like you have to think about these these things as well as a group to increase your damage or to just do better in, in, in a place where you know you can create an effect which creates a massive AoE blind and, and players or um, uh, NPCs can miss abilities things like this which adds that very different layer to Guild Wars 2 specifically and yeah, the combat is is something I'm. I will. <laughs> it's the main reason I play the game. It really is like, and it's why I <laughs> wanted to commentate PvP as well because it was just so like I like seeing that combat in a smaller arena, and it's where it accentuated the most. And you can bring out all these different things that you wouldn't necessarily use in like a player versus uh, environment environment <laughs> i guess and uh it was just and it was always interested to see the level that you could get to um and aspire to as a player in terms of the combination of abilities and the different kind of um situations where you know these abilities are useful and i think that's where the different game modes can help as well to bring out different abilities which are just not used uh in pvp or world v world and, and vice versa with world v world and pvp and and uh, PvE as well. Like, you know, you would you'd be like, oh, I'm not going to use that ability in PvP. That'd be useless. But like, you know, here for this boss or for this encounter or for this, you know, this fort take, you know, it's going to be useful. Um, and yeah, that's something I like. What, what were you about saying? Sorry, I was just going to say that the the quality of life in general that Guild Wars Two has makes it difficult. Has made it difficult for me to move on to other. MMORPGs. Spoil. Um, It's definitely my measuring stick for every other MMORPG that I play. And that's good. And if those other MMORPGs don't have particular things that I feel like I just can't live without, then I I just can't play them, which is is a shame on its own, because every single game has its own unique flavor and lore, history, world story, and so on that I think um, that most people, you know, who are very much into that genre should experience. Yeah. But if they just don't have the quality of life that I'm used to, that I've been spoiled by, mm. and the combat fluidity that I've been spoiled by, yeah, I just can't play them. I just can't. It just it, it, it grates on me. It irritates at me. It makes me hate the game for irrational <laughs> reasons, really. That's interesting. I won't lie. I think I've been spoiled, too, because... 
like I love different MMOs and I'm very, you know, there's so many different ones that I'll play and I still really enjoy. But I do find myself sometimes now going into other ones and I'm like, man, I wish I had multi-channel die. Boy, howdy, do I wish that <laughs> another I thing we love about instantaneously <laughs> move this to another character and swap it through my bank or have shared inventory slots or, ha, oh, geez, what I love a crafting inventory. Wouldn't it be so great oh, if I had maps for it? Yeah. Um, it's just, oh my gosh. Or even down to stuff like this seems so silly, but being able to like swap abilities between bosses in a raid way, or there's just so much stuff that is so convenient in guild wars 2 and that they have made really smooth for a player experience that sometimes now sorry i love you all my other mmos but every now and then those thoughts just sneak in i mean well you actually bring up something which i think is very very cool like you know something that you they just said that you enjoy uh but it's just is the is the kind of diable well, i think we all enjoy this as well the the armor and the different looks now there's a video playing in the background if you're listening um which i'm kind of referring referencing because crown herald does really really awesome videos that i don't think many people um do in the way that they do them and that's showing off different parts of the game like visually like that just look awesome like the fashion and stuff like that so please go and follow the crown herald's uh youtube channel appreciate that um and i'm sure they would as well um but like the like the way they do do the fashion like the wardrobe very they did this quite early i think it was after two years maybe they brought in the wardrobe i'm not sure i can't remember um but this wasn't an well this wasn't a release thing was it inks i don't think they had the wardrobe no I don't remember when it was introduced, but no, it wasn't. It was like a year thing. or so in. Um, I can't remember when, but you know they they did bring in quite, pretty quick and like the legendary weapons and stuff. Like I don't think I remember. Wow, thank you for this video, by the way, Grant. No, you're just giving me the content to speak about. I don't think I remember like seeing unique weapons like that other than maybe wow where they had a glow but like this unique effect that changed like you know you you know the foot paddles on the uh, puddles on the floor and um you know some some of your projectiles changing like you know uh the legendary the rifle where you know if you're an engineer it changes the projectiles the grenades for example into like flaming grenades and stuff like that and different classes have different um things which change as well but like you know, just the the channels, like, you know, being able to have four options, like you say, but just which is a really good point, where you can just dye it whatever way you want um, and combine, you know, this and make create this awesome, unique character. Because you go into Guild Wars 2 now, you are not going to see one, other than if they're wearing an outfit, you're not going to see anyone wearing the same stuff. Um, and I, I know that's true of most MMORPGs, but there are a lot of options, right? Yeah, and they're so customizable. Like, that's the thing, too. The fact that one piece of gear can look so different depending on the die. And that the dies themselves have such a huge range, right? Yeah. From, like, very demure kind of, like, a leather texture brown to, you know, actual iridescence to, like, all of the different textures and qualities and colors and collections that you can do with that. And the fact that any gear that you have that you like break down, that's, you know, opened out of just the unidentified, right? Like anything that you have that you break down gets added into that wardrobe, even for classes or like types of gear that you're not on at that time. Like, oh, 
It's so nice. And you can glamour anything, anywhere, at any time. If I'm in the middle of the raid wing and somebody has been off on a bathroom adventure for 20 minutes and nobody knows what happened to them a and we're really hoping they adventure fall in. is what we're calling that now. Okay, yeah. glamour. Right, if anyone is wondering what, why Better just said glamour, that's a Final Fantasy fourteen thing. That's a Final Fantasy thing. I play a lot of MMOs and the terms all get smushed. So you just so, have to deal sometimes fashion war. Transmute. Fashion. That's it. Transmute. Um, so. Transmute. Transmutation. Transmog. Right? There's guess. all sorts of different terms. Um, but fashion. Fashion. Um, if you are sitting there and you're bored and you're trying to put on a new look, I can just do that. I can just do it in the middle of the raid. I don't have to go find somebody. Yeah. I can just have fun. I don't have to go to a special zone that'll let me do it. I don't have to. <laughs> you have to do that in World so of Warcraft fun. as well. You have to go to a vendor to do that. Um, you're right as well. You know, I think you do. I don't know if you do Final Fantasy Fourteen, but but like you know, there is it's easily accessible. That's for sure. Um, I definitely sometimes I think you know there are some limitations with some classes, and so, you know if you're medium class, you're pretty much wearing a trench coat for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, there might be too many butt capes in the game for my liking, but maybe there could be more. I'm not too sure, but. Um, I, I think, you know, the one thing that, as well that they brought in that, you know, everyone was in love, like, they brought in capes, which is good. I'm kind of happy, the, happy about that. I just thought I'd mention the cape thing, um, just in case anyone's new and wondering, is there capes in the game? I don't know if there is. Well, that's, that's a newer thing, which is funny. Um, that is actually a very difficult thing to put into MMORPGs because of the mechanics of them, believe it or not. Like, Tryon, when they had Rift... Um, when the, I mean, technically, I guess they do, but they're owned by uh, Game Ego, the or whoever they are, the Satanic company, game company. I'm not gonna, I won't go any further with that. Um, but like, uh, Satanic. Not that that's bad. Satanics, you know, can be good. Um, they're bad. They're bad. That company. Um, but what they did was they had to hire an ex- a special like dev company that specialized in creating capes to put capes into the game like many people don't understand how like difficult that is actually to implement into games and especially good wars 2 and the different character models it's easier when you've got a humanoid character which is just like you know standard model not really doesn't really you know change in terms of height and everything else so that's actually quite difficult um, that's no joke even there was recently a like developer video with final fantasy 14 that came out as part of a series where they oh, yeah. literally had somebody talking about the fact that even in like Final Fantasy fourteen, they were unable to realize capes. And so they were talking yeah. about the weird little trick that they did to put like one of the only capes into the game on a character where it like tied it to some other part of their animation rig and all this stuff. Yep. So yeah, it's actually not something that's super easy. And I think not, like so many of us have no idea about that, it's really honestly. And just and put it in putting it into old like code or design in the game and everything else like making that work just isn't that easy um but yeah they've they've got it in now which is cool but you know they're still like ink said earlier with the, the cloak going through the midsection of your charge you're running along on all four fours isn't massively in, immersive but you know it's a fancy um it's fine it's, a, it's fine it's a fancy universe you know that's okay um thinks you into much of the fashion dying and stuff in the game i know you like collecting the things so i guess a collection uh, of those yeah kind of you know i like my character to look fairly unique and mm-hmm. bright and annoying and 
destroy <laughs> your GPU as I enter the frame. <laughs> um, <laughs> end the Twitch stream randomly. Oh no! Yeah, in my my own control. Twitch stream and, and everything else. Uh, yeah, I like drop frames when I enter the the, <laughs> the area. Um, the dice system is pretty interesting because it went through many different iterations through Guild Wars 2's life system. Yeah. Um, before the game launched, there were actual seeds that you planted in your home instance and grew dyes. Right. Uh, which people didn't like. Oh. It was a cool concept, but it, it was easier just to have the dyes drop from monsters and bags and stuff like that. Um, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, very, very early alpha and betas, you grew the dyes in your home instance and yeah, it took a couple of days, that. I think. Amazing. And then you would pluck them and it would be... I like that idea, though. I think that's yeah, actually... Random, but it would be like you would plant certain hues, I think, and... People would be pissed, though, wouldn't they? That they couldn't get it unless they had, like, a garden or something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an interesting system. Just like they had, they had a book system very early on that they abandoned, which is a shame. Oh um, no, we got that back. We got that back with Snargle Goldclaw. Is that the books? Is that the thing where you find the books and then they come up on the UI? Yeah, yeah. Did that come back? Well, but okay. actually, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being sassy. <laughs> okay, I, I honestly, I, no, 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 I'm I not think like it's, is that what you're talking Fine. about? The book system with, with like a page popping up or something. Yeah, so Snarl Goldclaw was an NPC that was just added uh, with Icebird Saga, who is in the Eye of the North, who has a separate group of collections that are all really terrible Tyrion fanfiction romance options, like romance books, and you have to go Uh... find them. You do. There's like excerpts from each of the books, and they're terrible and amazing. There's one that's like, is it Whitlock Logan? Oh, I ship it so hard now. There's like so many really ridiculous (laughs) ones, and they're so good. And when you get them all, they end up on a bookshelf back in Eye of the North now. So I wonder if that was a bit of, like, a throwback to sort of the library or book system. I would love a larger scale one where it kind of... Yeah, I've been waiting for them to re-add a book system into the game. But it was a lot like, um... It was a lot like ESO, in a way. You know, in ESO, when you find a book and you can read it whenever you want. The Guild Wars 2, before launch, had a system that was similar to that. I don't know why it was cut they or wasn't finished, do, but you can pick up the pe- uh, the books or the pages. I think because actually Black Lion Chest, who left, who is a member of our community, he worked on that. I'm pretty sure. And you pick it up, and there's like a page of a book, and you can read through that page or a couple of pages. Right, and I and I keep all those in my bank. Yeah, but this was an in-game system when you picked up a uh, book. More like that, ESO, like it, if you go around LA even today, you'll see certain books that you can stop and read. Yeah. This cataloged those books so that you could read them uh, whenever you wanted. I would, um, I would love to see them, like, I don't know, dig out that old idea or code. I don't even know if it would be compatible with what the game is now, you know? But if we ever did get something like a personalized, customizable, individual player housing, so like guild halls, but for players, right? Yeah. Having something like that there, like a shelf you could go to where you could actually go collect all of those, I mean, that'd be so smart because. Again, it wouldn't True. be that much work. Like the books and the the lore bits are around the world. So if you just made some kind of way that you could like access them or put them on that shelf, or you know, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't. The reason they cut it, I think it wasn't finished, so it didn't make the yeah. release of the 
game and I guess they never got back to it or who knows what happened. I don't, I don't know. Then the dice system, originally at launch, each character had to learn each die if you wanted it. It wasn't universal like it is today. Right. Um, it was still better than the Guild Wars 1 system where the die would be used up. But if you wanted Chaos Black, let's say, um, on this character, and then you wanted it on another character... So very early on, I was collecting dies for all of my characters. Much later on, they made it universal across the board, which is the quality of life we have today, which is much better. Um, but that does that did have complications in terms of die value, because now you only need to buy a die once or get a die once, and then it becomes kind of useless, although you can break them down now. So something. Yeah, and I mean, some of those rare ones still sell for just an insane amount of money. So. Yeah, the rare ones and the and the ones from uh, the Black Line store and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I um, I realized that we're kind of uh, getting further on in time, and I'm if you if either of you have to go or anything, like please let me know. I was just going to quickly talk about uh, two more things which I've which I personally think are very awesome in the game, um, and that is uh sound specifically um these these awesome people i'm not sure if they're around right now but i don't know if anyone's ever watched like the behind the sound like the stuff how they create like their sound effects and uh the team there i know they've they've changed a lot in in recent years i know someone left who's quite big i think but like i mean i I didn't pick this video on purpose it's kind of gross (laughs) But they show you this what they use to make create the sounds like i know they went out into the car park and like did some stuff with an exhaust on a car or um it sounds like the best job in the world quite honestly right, right? see look like the bosses and stuff <laughs> yep we get paid to do this exactly like that is just so awesome <laughs> this is something that's actually noticeable by new players too i yeah. was just this morning watching somebody who's a friend of mine who's a content creator who is just getting into guild wars 2 and was saying um while he was talking this is work to game he was just saying like the sounds are really good i really mm-hmm. like the like audio for these monsters and these enemies and people were really hyped about it in the chat and i think it's pretty rare that you actually have a game that's doing enough unique things with its sound design that one, it's extremely memorable. Sometimes for funny reasons, like I can outrun a centaur. <laughs> or <laughs> two, it's actually something that makes a dynamic landscape, right? Like um, something that I recently came to appreciate so much too about this was because of the pandemic. And I hadn't even thought about this mm. when they were talking about some of the complications and delays with voice acting for the most recent season. When they were talking about the unique way that Guild Wars 2 does immersive storytelling right so you're in an instance you're on a map there are things happening around you that are the story it's not like once you get past that base game you're just sitting still for story time with the cutscenes every 10 minutes or whatever it is (laughs) and i had never thought about what went into the sound design element Mm -hmm. of creating like the effects of a voice that could be right next to you. It could be down the hill. There could be things clanging over there. There could be this monster coming up over the ridge. There could be all these different things that have to interplay quality of landscape, stone, metal, you know, water, how sound bounces off of that, how it's believable. Um, They do a fantastic job, 
even down to just, I was thinking about Orin's voice and the layers and effects that they do. I was thinking about the char sound effects and how That's they sound true. kind of grisly. Like, there's just so many details on so many levels that are really fantastic. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like I feel like this. You is... know, it it the, the sound the sound. <coughs> excuse me, the sound is obviously awesome. Yeah. The music that is composed is awesome. I think ArenaNet actually does a really good job of showcasing this for the community. Yeah, in a, in ways that a lot of other games don't. Um, it, like it wasn't until ArenaNet started showing how they you know they would bring these guys onto the podcasts and do separate videos oh like my we were showing yes on how they make some of these sounds like how yeah. do you make like the raptor sound oh well it's a combination of these three things and then filtered and i think that's like a level that most myself certainly would never have thought of like how did they make that sound or something you know and um i think that's i think that's fantastic um I think it's interesting, and uh, it's really a big part of the game. Here you go. Yes, it's it's not, it's a big part of the game, and actually, they did this, and I went to this. PAX West 2017, the audio team did this, did this panel, and they literally showed us. I was in the front row for this, and this was absolutely amazing. Like, they dressed up in, like, these lab coats, and they had all of these different things, and they had, like, this... I feel like they had a big balloon at some point or something. I can't remember. Um, but it was, like, I... And they, they, here we go. Look, they'd show you... <laughs> they've got more people on, uh, on the... Different people on the team now. Um, he, he... I can't... Is that... I can't remember my name... My, brain and people's names today I, I tell you it's going off on one he's awesome um i met him many times on different events as well and he was normally always there um but he's yeah. anyone why am i so bad with names today if anyone knows and remembers his name this is I such remember. a cool idea for a panel honestly i love this that's so neat it was awesome and they brought people up and they were showing you how here you go here's the big balloon i remember this so well uh, apart from people's names, apparently. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We just had the, we just had the names come up. I, this is important. Um, <laughs> I'll find it somewhere. Something right. with a D. We're excited about that. Anyway. We'll find, yeah. Oh yeah. This was just before Path of Fire came out. This was literally like, oh my god! This was literally right before Path of Fire was coming out. Drew. Yeah. It, Drew. Drew. it was yeah, a Drew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, but like, where is it? They showed you all the things like how they made the sound for the Troya and shit. And like, it was just like, this is awesome stuff that I would Drew just love to know. Yeah, that's his name. I, I'm yeah. terrible with names as well, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I feel rude because like I met him so many times, had so many conversations with him. Um, but like, listen to this. Look. God, this was <laughs> I mean, there's been some really cool sound design even in these most recent seasons. I mean, the whisper effect with Jormag has been yeah. so neat, like coming in and out. I love some some of the ambiance and stuff in Biora. 
I thought that was so fantastic. Oh my gosh, even just the chaos of the metal concert on the prologue. <laughs> like, there's all these things that go into it that, again, sometimes as players, if we're just blasting through the world, we don't really see or notice or really pay that much attention to, but they make the world rich. They make it vibrant. And I will forever remember the moment when you're coming out Oh gosh, after everything that happened with Oreen uh, in season four, and there's that silence, and then like the perfect timing, you hear that chorus of Oreen, Oreen, Oreen. Like, I was a mess. I had, I was sitting there, my like breath held, tears down my face. That's what good audio can do for you. And if you don't even realize sometimes all those layers, it's because it's doing its job so well, you know? Yeah. It's true. Uh, I'm going to play, I don't know if you can hear this. This was another aspect of the sound. A little bit more recent. I don't know if you can, can you hear this on the stream? Uh, on the podcast people? I love it. This, oh, this metal is so fun. <laughs> this was awesome. This was awesome. I'm just going to leave it on the screen for a second. I'm going to grab something that I'm going to show everyone. I'll be up for two seconds. That's another thing that I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk to you with Jeb uh, about it here in just a second. But the metas in Guild Wars 2 are definitely something I want to touch on before we finish this podcast. <laughs> oh, this concert was amazing. The music, too, is just so good. I have so many feelings. Something can have really bad writing and an absolutely great audio for it and it's going to make you feel like the experience is the best ever. Yeah, Noxy. So true. Um, so if you're listening to this on the podcast right now, audio-wise, this was a part of a meta like an event in Guild Wars 2, one of the Guild Wars 2 maps, which was char-focused, and it was just a rock band playing a song. So they recorded this song. And it's not, it's not the worst song. It's got some great solos in it, that's for sure. But it was it was just very cool. Like and you had to like jump up and down in circles, like recreating mosh pits and stuff. Um but this was actually a really cool campaign. I'm gonna show you like you have to watch the VOD for this, but we were sent um I don't know if you two were at the time, probably. I don't know, but I've kept this. Um because I know some people didn't get them in the mail and stuff. Yes, it was so good, I loved this. But we got this poster. It was like a, it was just like a rock concert post. I've still got it. Um, and it was just like, you know, live in concert at sundown, Bloodstand stage, Grothmar Valley, September 17th, 2019. And it was just like, log into the, you know, the event and all that kind of stuff. And it was Metal Legion. And it was like, we put the band back in war band. And it's just like... I got that this thing. It was just such a good little campaign, and I was like, "Man, please do more stuff like this." It was so good. Um, I think just generally, I think the whole campaign was good for that. Uh, and there's some, you know, I guess that's another thing I love about the game: the character of it, like, and not just of the characters, but of the general like community and different things they try to do like they've got some good humor they've got good like things like this that happen um you can get immersed in a different side of a, like a race specifically like you know this kind of metal band and this you know, i don't know it just felt quite fun and uh 
it and they mixed it in with gameplay as well like that was the thing um that i found quite good it feels very much like there are these games that so many people grew up with and loved that were part of this like very experimental era in gaming so like monkey island immediately comes to mind you oh, know yeah like classic games that were this combination of very serious story but also this wit and this weirdness and this wackiness and it it almost feels like 90s cartoons you know what i mean where you have this weird merging of like adult (laughs) themes and then also this like very stylized sense of humor and commentary on everything that's happening and I love it. You're right. It feels distinctive. It is its own thing. And yet, like, for all that it is kind of stylized and, you know, you can be just like a rainbow sparkle barf icon if you want with your fashion (laughs) or whatever it is, there is still such a great, just like, I don't know, elegance and beauty, that kind of painting effect that we were talking about with the original Mm. trailer. You can still feel in the world and the character designs. It is this great hybrid of things, and I adore it because so many other games, I think, have really kind of lost that feel of almost the personal stamp of the developers. And Guild Wars 2, they don't they don't suck that out of the game. Like, they let it still be a thing in there, and I love it because it feels more human. It feels so fun as a, as a result. I don't need to add to that. <laughs> I, need to, I don't need to say anything it, it is it is really like you know that like you say they mix these different experiences i think there's, there's moments where it can be cheesy and fun and it can be serious and you know impactful and it can really Im- invoke feeling um which is great as well and i think you know they are very invested in the music and i don't know if anyone remembers this um this concert that was put on I actually got lucky i was i was lucky when i moved over here because there seemed to be a lot of things going on but this was um i know this isn't i haven't been to this sorry i was thinking about something else i know wait is it it might be it could be it's someone at the school i can't remember but there was one at the school is it actually it might be yes it is the one at the school yeah i was here sorry they look like adults <laughs> they, they just look like adults, I guess. Um, but this is a school in uh, um, in Washington where they basically had like them playing the Heartfront soundtrack for like fifty minutes. McLean was there as well. Fancy, like fanciest school ever. To, it, this was like amazing to be there in the crowd with like all the arena net does. I'm just like just I'm just showing off now. But this, <laughs> sorry, I am. Um, but this was like an amazing experience. I'll never forget. Like have the hearing that like first Heart of Thorns, like that you know iconic tune, and just being like, this music is damn good. Like this is such a big thing in this game. Like I love the music, man. There's so many different tracks I love from. So even like the latest stuff and different people who are involved. Um, why weren't you? I don't think I knew you then, Pinky. To be fair, um, I think you could buy tickets to it. Though I'm pretty sure, but uh, it was a fair while ago. I mean, this was 2015, 16, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. If uh, Inks, what do you reckon about the music? Do you like the music in the game? Sound? I do. I don't listen to it very often. Sorry. No, um, I don't have to apologize. That's that's just a personal thing. I tend to have 
other things running in the background, Twitch streams or yeah. watching a video or listening to podcasts. So mm-hmm. the first time I play through a piece of content or a story or something, I have the in-game sound on. Or if I was when I was streaming Guild Wars 2, of course, I had the in-game sound on. So I, I would hear and experience it then. But in my own private playtime, I always have something running in the background. So... Yes, I listen to it. Yes, I enjoy it. I think they do a terrific job with the uh, the songs and the sounds in the game. As someone who has made and edited videos and always looking for Guild Wars 2 background music, so I've like heard and experienced it a lot in that way as well. Mm. So I have my own collection of favorite tracks yeah. for videos, for example. <laughs> Same Spotify playlist. <laughs> Just um, like these awesome tunes. Yeah. You know, I think the music in the game is really great and and uh, McLean does a really good job with it. Yeah. McLean's the main one. Lena has done Lena, a lot Lena, well. yeah. She worked, uh, they worked on um, Celeste, I want to say, right? I think it was. Yeah. Well, I know she did. I don't know about... McLean didn't, I don't think, no. But, like, they, they have, like, award-winning people doing this. Like, I mean, I'm not sure if Lena works on the game still, but... Um... I think she does from time to time. As like a contract, both her and McLean have become like contract musical composers. Yeah, um, both of them fantastic um, styles that complement each other really well. Yeah, Jeb, this kind of came up when we were doing Metal Legion and talking about that, but I wanted to yep. be sure to mention right. another aspect of the game that I personally love. That's one of my top favorites. Yes, it's the metas. I love the metas in the game, and like the music and the design and everything ties into that, right? Because mm-hmm. Although we, although maybe the metas aren't always where individual combat mechanics and things shine, um, the actual like effect of metas in Guild Wars Two is so unlike anything I've played in any other MMO. I love it. Like the scale, the scope, the diversity, the fact that there are like separate tags for commanders to lead the efforts in map metas, the fact that there are some of these that are so memorable or unique, like things like the Iron Legion in that concert we were talking about. Um, The first time I ever did Dragon Stand, I was like speechless. I mean, I couldn't believe when Mm. we got to the end. And it's just like, they did this? Because so many other MMOs, for graphical reasons, for very valid reasons, do not do things on this scale. They don't let this many people on a map going crazy. They don't have bosses that are so big they're like a skyscraper. They don't have those things. And yes, sometimes it means that your game chugs a little bit. But will I take the game chugging every single day over not having an epic fantasy world where the fantasy is epic? Yes, because it's so incredible. And some of those still to this day, like if I'm running them on stream or something, people will see them and go, what is this? <laughs> and then you get to have this moment where you're like, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, because it's just so cool. And I've loved seeing them even experiment with stuff like the world versus world sort of elements with this most recent one. Uh, I really like how they did that. I like the two part kind of story of the map. There's just so much that is so unique to the metas in Guild Wars 2 and that I think is just so, it's so fun. And some of the biggest moments in the game, even in the story, sometimes if you haven't done those metas, you don't have the full story of that expansion because it's a huge integral part of the world. And I love that. 
It's true, actually. Sinvanubis says in chat, the fact that a meta cannot succeed and actually affect the map itself is pretty fantastic experience. It's true, actually, because, like, I think the first time you fail it, it's kind of like it's cool, this cool alternate, alternate story, and then it becomes a bit frustrating. But, like, it, it is cool. You can, you know, you can fail it, and it, can, it kind of restarts, and everything happens again. Um, I I do I agree. Like meta events, uh, you know, they're almost like those smaller events that you kind of got in the base game, I guess. But uh, you know, just on a massive, large scale, and you actually have to do these things to get things like you know the PVE legendary armor if you want to do that, or certain weapon skins that you can only get via doing these different things. Um, and they've tied rewards in, and I think. Uh, some people mentioned about not being able to do them as much for new content. I feel like, I feel like a lot of the meta events do get done, but they're limited because you know if you don't get into the main map, you're gonna go in an off spill map, and that's not gonna get completed. So that is an issue. Um, I do feel like that is an issue, obviously. Um, and you might not be able to gain consistently. You kind of have to be on the ball about that one, and that kind of sucks, and you can't experience it in that way. Um, and if you haven't got enough people, you're never going to experience that at all. So it's kind of limited sometimes. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think the metas are pretty cool. I think, you know, definitely the Heart of Fawns ones are, are pretty, you know, up there. You talk about like Dragon Stand and that is very unique because that's what that map is about. Like that is the meta. Like, like, is there another map which is like, because you literally, if it's not on, you're not in there doing anything. No, you just die at the end, don't you? And it gets taken over again and everything else, right? sure um so i've been a while since i've done it um and then you have to start again and then you kind of go through the map and you've got these three lanes and it's like you push down and then you push to the dragon fire at the end and it is pretty epic um but yeah i mean uh, inks do you like the meta events how do you feel most of them i think most of them they've done a good job with um I think that there is a particular balance that they haven't quite figured out yet, mm-hmm. where in Heart of Thorns, in which I think the metas are generally good, and the rewards are generally good, but then every map is a meta, right? Mm. Um, and I think that can There's be maps. <laughs> overwhelming for 50, people. 60. And Path of Fire, they, they did the opposite. They have mm. a lot less metas and they're not very rewarding and there's a universal currency instead of in distinctive currencies so i'm hoping with end of dragons that they're able to find that middle ground and bridge the gas sure, and, um a little bit of each definitely and go to I those powerful fire maps less. There. yeah 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 i agree like that you definitely go to those maps less right like why do you why would you go to them inks why would you go to those path of fire maps expansion maps now I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go. That's a perfect answer. Um, um, every once in a while, I still go to Heart of Thorns maps because I want to do the metas. Yeah. Like Arc Basin or something, for example, or mm. um, the Dragon, you know, at the mm. end. I like Arc Basin. Yeah, cool. Path of Fire. Like, I don't revisit a lot of those maps. Interesting. Yeah, they, it was, I mean, it seems like it was a direct response, right? Like, Heart of Thorns is really interesting in the way that they did it. In that it seemed like the story itself was kind of the actual playable story content, I guess I will say, mm-hmm. wasn't really at the forefront so much as the actual world was at the forefront. You know, the actual story was pretty short. And then what you kind of did was all of the stuff on the maps, getting the masteries, running the metas, doing all of the trains, doing all of the things. 
So it was really overloaded in that regard. And for people that, for whatever reason, you know, didn't like that or really struggled on the maps or couldn't get groups together or, you know, whatever it was, although at the time I think they were running very, very frequently, um, it was something that was kind of frustrating because I think the balance wasn't totally there. And so I'm sure there was a lot of feedback. And going into Path of Fire, they were like, well, we'll make the world less punishing. We'll do less of these big events so that, you know, things run smoother. But I think they went a little bit too hard. So like you were saying, I feel really good about this next one, I think, being more of a middle ground. And even the metas that we've seen in Iceberg Saga, I think, have been really fun and interesting and diverse. And I am really pumped to see what they do playing with that formula moving forward with, like, new maps and things. I was trying to see if I could find some footage to have in the background, but I put meta in and then there's just builds everywhere. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh yeah, there we go. Um, I, I do, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do in the future. That is for sure. Um, and I think Inks is, you're right as well. You know, getting that balance between the two like that. I think they learned maybe a lesson from Path of Fire that they've kind of brought into the, not the chapters, sorry, the uh, more living story. And I think, I think there's, I, I do have this genuine belief that there is too many maps in Guild Wars 2. Um, and they're releasing one every, you know, every patch or every living world release was a bit too much. Um, <laughs> little cookie cutter. Yeah. I mean, um, not, not an Ice Brood Saga necessarily, mm-hmm. but season three was very, cookie cutter sort of maps right do you mean like it's easy to kind of run through and just get them done or well no i i mean that most of the maps are kind of they came up with sort of a map formula how many waypoints should it have how many points of interest should it have how many meta events should it have and in season three anyway a lot of the maps therefore are kind of the same kind of um incomplete in some ways yeah and of mm. course they don't get revisited because there's mm. a new map every episode yeah where i think in ice bridge saga one of the nice things i don't know that releasing half a map and then half a map is the way to go i'd rather them release a full map and then reiterate on that map but what do i know i'm not i'm not a designer <laughs> that's just how i would prefer it i think that's interesting i honestly think that I mean, I, I do think what you're saying is interesting. I haven't minded the separated maps, you know? I I especially have really liked how they've tied the different events between them, even including stuff like the Raven, like the light puzzles and those sorts of things. I thought that was really neat to then do something where you do like follow all the way back through and by the end you have this one map. So, I mean, they definitely are aware that, yes, like overloading the game with the maps is not a good idea. And I think they've done some interesting things with storytelling, with, you know, revealing over the pace of things how you push across maps. I do also think, though, that it would be cool, like you said, to see something that is the opposite of that, where we do get a map at some point where you're right, as we go through, things kind of change on it, or there's new event chains or or things like that, right? And then you kind of get into the question of instancing, though, which is a whole thing. You know, is the map changed so drastically that you proceed up to a certain point on it and then you have to instance into a different version? And what's the longevity of something like that? Like, but I think they could do that if they added different components. You know, this time around, now we add some sort of new puzzle. Now we add some sort of like discoverable thing. Now these passages are open or this stuff is... They could do that, and I think it would be fun. I think they could absolutely, with the mastery system and mounts, 
do something rewarding with that where, yeah, you have to kind of progress through certain things. I, and, I, and I, I do understand, too, part of the problem with the way that I would like it done is if you have episode two but not episode one, then how does that affect the map? Um, so it's just easier if you break them into two parts or it's easier if you have a separate map for each one. I just wish that... I'm trying to think of a good solution off the top of my head. It's a I lot more complicated than it seems. See what they but... did with past events. Like, do what they did with past events, like the Scarlet stuff, Living Story, going back into previous maps and adjusting those. Because, like, I'm about to show something on, on the screen right now, which is possibly one of the best things they ever did. Um, and chat, like, you know, um, I'm sad the bird just made probably didn't get to experience this, but this was a boss that was on a map that was part of the living story um, with these big live events. And Marionette was like flipping amazing. You had these different lanes that which you had to like, you know, coordinate on. This is the first one they kind of did with the different lanes. Um, this is E-Rocker YouTube channel. I don't know if this is Easy Rocker's like old YouTube channel or something. Um, but I want to say that's where this is. E-Rocker, E-R-O-C-H-A. I don't know if this is his. Um, but basically you went down the lane and you had to coordinate and you had to kill this massive boss which was like a big like clockwork night the marionette and it was you had to coordinate like it was an amazing event it was part of the whole scarlet leading up to the whole you know heart of fawns and the build up to the expansion was awesome I don't know Inks I don't know if you'd agree with me but most people do love this um... event I yeah, I, I was mostly stuck in triple trouble until we killed it. Right, okay. <laughs> but I did get to experience this, and I, I did get... I, people had kind of solved the logistical issues with this fight by the time I got to it. But um, hmm. it was fun, it, you know? Um, I love it in instance. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, yeah, there's ways to implement it that I think would still be doable because, like, the problem with Scarlet Season, right, is that there was no longevity for that content. Yeah. It's like you're putting all these resources into something that's just this little time window and that other people are going to miss out on. They're not going to get that story. And yeah, Jeff, I didn't get to play this, which was a bummer. Sorry. You know, I've heard so <laughs> I much just about like it. put it on your screen, just like teasing you. It's it, oh. it was. And there's loads of videos of like run throughs of it. If you ever you go through the kind, of, if they ever like relive or tried to input these things back in. Now, there's something that Rift did back in the day uh, when they knew that people couldn't experience raids or they were just too easy to do. You just trash them, like, in two seconds. Um, where you could just... They would make the content a lot smaller to experience and you could kill or do aspects of the actual raid and still experience the same story, which I think would be cool. I think that would be cool for just normal... Like, just people who play the game in a very solo-oriented mode and they want to go through raids and stuff. I think they could be like a mode where they could kill the bosses on their own and just make it really yeah. simple and just get the story, I think. But I don't know if they could do that. The, the interesting thing about the marionette fight was the fact that your groups got split into yeah, the three names, platforms. Yeah. Was it three or four? Oh, Third the platforms. platforms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that is actually really easy to replicate. Oh, that's right. You have a party of five, you just split it into five yeah. platforms. And like, you have to be able to survive and fight and kill your platform. Oh, that's kind of like uh, one of the raid bosses, I guess, in a way. Mm -hmm. What's the, which raid boss bit. is that? Is it Zero? Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, it's cool. And I mean, they have so many tools now, which is partially also why I think they've been doing things like strike missions, like the pool of memories, all these things, right? They've been developing tools, I think, to help them facilitate doing stuff like this. Even if you reached a certain checkpoint in the story and that unlocked strike missions on those original maps that then you could go to as a group and you could do, and that could be something like this. Or with the masteries, I mean, you could even do something there where you get to a certain season or portion and you're able to unlock some kind of mastery chain that gives you vision, the, the vision to see whatever things would appear on X map. And you'd still be there on the map, but you could, like, actually deal with or do these kinds of events or thing, you know? And it wouldn't be something where, again, you were kind of getting into a wow situation where there's seven million dollarons. And <laughs> it's like, where am I? And what's happening? And which one am I in? And what timeline is this? Oh, it would just be something where, you know, they could still integrate it. And yeah. even stuff, like, with that pool of memories now, right? Filling in sure. some of the gaps with this story or that we missed or you know other components i think that's a tool they've developed to be like hey this is what we could use if we are able to allocate like resources to this or we could also use this in a different way to tell story um or bring some of the stuff back which i think is great we already saw with like canucks mission from this season and and things like that so with the the poison stuff on the phone i wonder this that that my worry side note my worry is is that they're gonna do what they've done with other things and they're not gonna do much production on that that pool of memories i really hope that's not the case i think i i'm not sure it was maybe as impactful as they were hoping like we've been talking about it forever but i think it is important for like you know players who haven't experienced that content i definitely think it's good that um they're trying to i really feel like they need to and i don't think they need to because you know it's something they might just experience once by players but somehow getting in that living world story the first one just to, so you could play it or experience it like other than the the kind of the they've got the they've got the cutscenes of now something which you can look at from see living world season one i'm pretty sure or something like that um yeah there's like a little recap but it doesn't actually yeah. i think do anything that exactly. <laughs> like the biggest things the biggest things that i've picked up from season one it's like the entire cast of NPCs that you're going to get moving forward were all introduced in missions with that. I mean, Rocks, Knock, like all yeah. of these characters, their entire context for who they were was introduced in season one. So it's one of those things where I think, I mean, for new players coming in at some point, they have to address it. And yeah, there's a video and yes, there's that like little tidbit, but mm. it seems like most people tend to recommend that you go watch like a bigger, a bigger video. I can actually um, play for it. I might actually, yeah. I think I've still got mine up on my YouTube where I play for it all. Well, I actually used to do playthroughs like that. We didn't get many views, but I, was, <laughs> I used to do that actually. I might actually have that. I don't know if I have the double check. Yeah, yeah, it's an nice. interesting dilemma because I mean, I do, I do like a lot of things I've been putting in. I think the map, the story, all of it, like the story is... Uh, one of the biggest, the absolute biggest things I love about this game, and this season was so interesting. So I would, I would love to see them do something a little more robust. And I have hopes, I have hopes for the pool of memories. I thought that's a really, a really clever way to let us experience things outside of our own persona, who we are in the moment, to get to live other moments that are still impactful. And it's smart because it means that they can release that as like little side stuff between other big releases. So. Being able to tell like ongoing story again with their labor and division of effort and all sorts of things, like, but to be able to then go back and put these other things in, I think that was a smart move. 
we'll see. I mean, I don't know if they'll really use it long term, but I hope they do because I I do think it was a smart a smart addition for their just like way that they can release stuff and also to give people kind of a hub or a way to connect with things like this. It's important. To, especially for that lore and story kind of aspect, like you're kind of saying. It is a very important thing. Hopefully we will see it. You never know. Like, the pool of memories is there. Maybe it will happen. We shall see. Um, I think we're going to end because we've been going on for a while. <laughs> we have... It has been, like, two hours and 40 minutes or so. <laughs> um, but, Inks, I think... Um, I didn't. I better just kind of came up with something they really enjoy about the game. I was just wondering, like, what you is there something in we haven't talked about that you really love about, like, really like about the game specifically the inks that we haven't really spoken about. I'm going to ask you again about the chess as well. Um, <laughs> I think we really talked about a lot of the things that I love about Guild Wars too. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is quality life and combat for me. Mm-hmm. That coupled with exploration finding hidden things on a map really um really some of the greatest parts of the game for me is is the open world maps and finding little hidden passages or uh, maybe a maybe a a meta event or something that doesn't happen uh, not a meta event but an event in general that just doesn't happen very often you catch part of you know you catch a conversation or something that's happening between npcs and that spawns an event all of that stuff is what really hooked me initially to Guild Wars 2. Um, the reason that I crave to play it so much. And um, I, I, it's stuff that I look for in any release that I play. is little hidden nooks and crannies and um, little tidbits of uh, lore or, or like a reference to something from... I wasn't even really a big Guild Wars 1 player. Yeah. But I still like to see the references you know, scattered throughout the world. Um, and and that's just what's really great about the game. Yeah, I do like those little areas, like even jumping puzzles or little like nooks and crannies, like you say, which give you a little bit of like, whoa, there's this cool waterfall. Or there's this cool way to maneuver around the map that I didn't realize. Or there's this Goonies pirate jumping puzzle, which is pretty rad, you know, like, um, yeah, there's, there's loads of little bits. So I agree, I love those parts of the game as well. Cool. Okay. But is there anything else you love about the game that you haven't, we haven't mentioned? Yeah, I guess the only other thing would be the community, honestly. Oh, there we um, go. There it is, the peoples. No, but it's it's funny because I think a lot of times you get to see, I don't know, the worst, the worst loud part of various communities, right? <laughs> and I think we've all been there in any MMO. Um, but... Guild Wars 2, from the start, the community, the players, the people have been such a heart for this game. I mean, just like a beating pulse of this game. And when I first started playing it, you know, even before I saw everything about the game that I would eventually fall in love with, the passion people felt for it and the excitement and the, you know, eagerness to welcome somebody in new that I kind of faced was just incredible. And then getting to meet content creators who had these histories with the game, meeting you guys. I mean, like meeting all these people that I was so blown away by all the way to the devs, to the people that like now I feel so lucky to get to know talking to Ruby. I mean, it's so rare that you find a game that I think even does a mental health campaign in their game. And Jeb, you were a part of, you know, the whole Seize the Awkward. I mean, everything. 
there are so many different things about this game that for any of the stumbling blocks that we face, there is such so much heart and care and passion and love from so many people in it. And I mean, it's amazing that it has stood up alongside these other games that have massive, massive corporations backing them. Square Enix, Blizzard, and that, you know, over here, ArenaNet and Guild Wars 2 has been in the corner doing their own thing and having a, a thriving game, even in moments when it seems like, you know, the community is like, well, can we push it further? Can we do more? What else can we do with this game? When it comes down to it, it's incredibly rare that MMOs make it nowadays. And I think it's a testament to the community, to the people, to the content creators, to the devs, that this this game, which is in many ways unusual, is still one of the top ones, one of the biggest ones, and that they do so much that has so much heart and that reaches so many people. I just, I have to, it just it gets me very emotional sometimes. <laughs> but it's amazing, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Crichton's totally right. Oh, thank you so much. LGBTQIA yeah. plus support and characters, <laughs> diverse characters, um, actual textures and hair and skin tones that match people of color, like representation of the world. Mm -hmm. And that all goes into the community, too, right? Like, you can see it. The fact that we have canonical lesbian characters who kiss yep. in the story and they are just in a relationship. Like, mm -hmm. thank you so much for bringing that up. Yes. And there's some pronoun in stuff as well in there. There's like mini pronoun stuff in there as well, which I think is they use like you know lay and you know different ones and in like different ways that people identify and stuff in there. There's there's loads of good stuff in there. It really is. It is impressive to be honest. It's not really something I see much of. Elder Scrolls did something very. Uh, they've done some stuff recently as well, which is good to see. Hopefully, more games do that. Um, ideally, I think it would be awesome to see an MMORPG or games created where you don't have to select your gender. But that's that's another that's another that's another podcast that one. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if we're there yet. Um, I think some people are maybe some some companies are hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to call it there. I think that's going to be the gist of the things. Um, it has been an amazing podcast with an amazing guest lineup. That's why I'm. Gonna, that's the words. Uh, Oh, they're Portuguese. Okay, I'm trying to find someone to host in the Guild Wars 2 directory. Um, <laughs> who's who's awesome and new that we don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, you basically, this is going to be going on for, I hope, every two weeks. Now, whether or not I can find out things to talk about every so often um, is another thing. So it's, they're going to be narrower topics, probably shorter, uh, maybe for an hour and a half. Maybe, maybe we'll see um, how long people want to talk about the game for, because apparently we could do it a lot. For a while we could probably go on for hours and now to be fair but i want to respect um the time of our awesome guests and also people watching as well as listening wherever um but yeah i hope you've enjoyed this podcast don't forget every don't forget to check it out it's the light bringers just google it you'll find all the things um x tell us about yourself where can we find you if you do the things when you do the things uh, and how you do the things uh you can find me on twitter at mo underscore thanks which i realize is weird but that's what it is that's what it is now. <laughs> okay anything else no that's it i'm not really working okay. on anything right now uh thanks for inviting me out it's uh, i always love doing podcasts i always love talking with other people who uh you know share a common interest and uh, it was a fun time awesome thanks man for coming on appreciate it
Um, but the chess, tell us again where we can find you, what you do, where you do it, what times, all the things. Yes. Um, first off, I'd like to start this with an opening statement, namely that MMO Inks is awesome. And I appreciate you and love you. I think you're great in this space. So first off, just want to do that. Um, Second off, though, you can find me everywhere, Bird of Chess. Twitch.tv, Bird of Chess. YouTube now, Bird of Chess as well. Thank you so much. If any of you are curious about some of our playthroughs of Guild Wars 2 content, I would so appreciate if you go and check it out because I want to see our Guild Wars 2 fam uh, rep over there too. And I'm hoping to get some guides and other things out as well. So we're just getting started there, and it's been really great so far, but I always love to see new faces. So Bird of Chess there too. Twitter, Instagram, Bird of Chess. Um, That's where you can find me. And this month I am super nervous and super excited uh, to be a part of Women's History Month on Twitch. So on this video, you can find me uh, broadcasting on the front page for Women's History Month. So I'm really excited. We'll be showcasing one of our MMOs, maybe both of our MMOs. I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But I'm still in the works with my plans for that. But I'm um, really excited and would love to see everybody there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for you for that. That's good. You're one of the one of the reps that is definitely gonna be shining a light for Twitch. <laughs> we need more people like you for sure. For sure. We need more we need more women, to be fair. And more, more than anything, but like good, awesome people like better chess. You too, though, Jeb. Your talk about mental health and stuff recently has been so amazing. <laughs> like, honestly, I love it. And I, I just love seeing what everybody's doing on the platform um, or in their own unique corners or even coming on stuff like this. I mean, we make a difference yeah. even if we don't always realize. Hopefully. Even if we're just doing it for ourselves, I think, and helping ourselves, you know, I think as, as long as we can, uh, as long as we can do that, then, then yeah, good things, hopefully. Yeah, as long as it's done in a ethical way, I'm all up for it. That is for sure. That is for sure. Um, okay, cool. I'm going to do my little spiel, uh, and then we're going to go and host someone new who I don't know well at all, um, because that would be nice, and hopefully they're awesome. I'm sure they are. Um, I'm Jebro. You can follow me, twitch.tv slash Unity. Unity is our guild. Unity, you can think of it in any way, which way you want. We still kept it for a reason. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> this podcast is now going to be on hopefully every two weeks. Uh, it's just really dependent on what's going on in school, uh, my own schedule, and being able to organize the things. Also on YouTube is Jebro Unity, as well as Twitter. Um, this is the Lightbringers podcast. If you literally put it into your Spotify search or you put the Lightbringers podcast up on um, Google, you'll be able to find it. But it's on Anchor, uh, anchor anchor.fm slash the Lightbringers. Or if you even do Jebra Uni, you'll find some other podcasts as well. Um, but yeah, expansions this year. So we're going to start talking about loads of stuff. Things like um you know special elite specializations new things are going to bring into maps you know they brought mounts they brought colliders what's the next thing um is there going to be a new class is there going to be a new race is there going to be new what like, what weapons are going to be for classes what you know outfits legendaries there's loads to talk about so we will absolutely uh find some epic and amazing things to talk about um but otherwise I am just going to win the stream, and we're going to we're going to host over to someone. Obviously, that's probably going to be on the podcast. So well done, Jebra. Um <laughs> Thank you very much for your massively awesome inputs, everyone. Today, thanks everybody. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you on the next 
episode of this amazing awesome podcast which you can go and check out past episodes of which we should definitely do in the near future if you're listening online thank you very much for taking time to listen to this podcast if you want to check out the description you'll be able to find out what the vod is for this you can see our amazing faces um and it's definitely worth doing because there's different things there <laughs> thank you inks as well everyone thank you very much have a good evening we'll see you next time on the light bringers guild wars 2 podcast see you next time <laughs>